Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Dial H for Hero Clicks. You got it. We on 35 already? Apparently. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. With me today is my co- cousin and good friend, Austin Smith. I like how we have to state cousin because everyone thinks we're brothers. <laughs> and the man who plows more beaver than a reckless riverboat captain, Mr. Drew Alderson. How are we doing today, folks? <laughs> doing pretty good. Today's discussion is going to be the current state of the meta, what we've seen in the ROCs, the teams that are doing well now post watch list. We're gonna. I I like would I would like us to do this about every two months or three months or so, and just say kind of what's going on now for the people who don't pay or play pay close attention to the the kind of upper tier teams and, and competitive games. We can go over okay. what's been doing well, talk about what we think about that, and talk about. Whatever the circumstances are. So today we're going to talk about what's going on, and then we're going to make predictions on what slosh pieces, which ones in particular will make waves. We think, and and if so, you know why? Why is that? And what are they going to do? Like for instance, when we get into High Father, like what is he going to change that's currently in the meta right now? You know, stuff like that. So I was going to say we got a man in the field giving us a little bit of info today, a little sneak preview. Yeah. Sadly, so, sadly he can't really call in. I guess. But maybe we can have him on in a future episode and have him talk about everything. But let's first uh, get into news and see what we got here. First of all, they WizKids has put out a press release. If you guys want to follow along on news, go to HeroClicks.com. And they basically are just giving us a updated shipping list on all their things since they've delayed everything into oblivion. Um, first up, Winter Soldier is releasing on March 12th, which will be next week. So it only got delayed a week, because originally for this week. Um, also from WizKids, not Hero Clicks related, but Marvel Dice Masters, um, AVX, which we may get and try. I- I'm definitely getting it to try it, because I've heard really good things about it, and from watching the videos, it looks really good. That's set to release April 23rd. Yu-Gi-Oh!, which we'll be talking about later in the no, community no. section. <laughs> Got pushed all the way to April 23rd. Yay, Hunter. What's that word right after the main gravity feed? Organized play kit. Oh, cool. So, and they have an actual uh, SKU number for that. Yeah. And then Star Trek Attack Wing, the Tholian Web episode. (laughs) Organized play kit. It's a mouthful, Gaty. Release date April 30th as well. So... Winter Soldier will be soon. That that is the the comic the gaming store version though. Just remember there will also be a mass market but exclusive. But it probably won't hit until the movie does. Correct. That seems to have been the the way that they've been doing the movie sets. Um, Austin, you want to talk about Goblin Zombie from Yu-Gi-Oh? There ain't much to talk about here, but they're just throwing out the um, because yeah. they delayed it. Goblin Zombie is a common from the Yu-Gi-Oh set. It has Bakura and Dark as its keywords. It's a French. It's a pretty vanilla dial. Um, I actually like it though. For I do like it for, for it's thirty nine points. Has stealth blade super senses on top dial. It drops onto um, steel energy and toughness, and then it's last clicks regen with some sidestep and stuff like that. He's not terrible for thirty nine points. He's just not like. He's a good common. Yeah, and I, he'll be a great sealed uh, addition because. Mm-hmm. He'll fit on teams. He's pretty solid overall. My biggest upset, though, is that he doesn't have the monster keyword because you can't play him with normal zombies. Yeah, that's true. They don't throw out generic keywords enough. Although this is Yu-Gi-Oh! set, so we can't really see yeah, they too were... much since it's kind of separate. But I kind of like the dial for 39 points for, for Sealed because 
He's got protection moving up with with stealth. There's not going to be that many stealth busters in you. Yeah. So he'll get up safe, safely. Even if you hit him, you're going to hit him onto one of his steel energy clicks. And I think for 39 points for I tie think he's up, got holding power too. Like, yeah, for tie up and holding power, I, th- I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, they put out their official Deadpool. Um, I don't know what we call these things, but when a the set's, announcements. Yeah, when a set's getting closer, they give us more details. They showed the boosters covers from for Deadpool. There's a Heroes for Hire sub theme. Uh, a the cover is Thunderbolts on one side, just Deadpool on another one. Hold on, the OP kit stuff's there in the bottom left. Yeah, uh, there's a green Wolverine. It looks like the it looks like a Hydro Wolverine. The it's hard to tell, to be honest. I'm trying to remember what costume in Deadpool it is, though. The yellow one. They showed off some sculpts for the Deadpool core. They showed off the Thunderbolt sculpts. A um, Paladin! Misty Knight for the uh, Heroes for Hire. Paladin. Um, Gravity Feed. It's kind of hard to tell who those people are on the side of the Gravity Feed because they don't really zoom up on it very well. Domino, Daredevil, some other ones, um, and then the Thunderbolts from the Fast Forces, which we already know. Yeah, and then a straight jacket item in the OP kit, which will be funny. Yeah, that is that is Hydra Wolverine. Awesome. But here That's for OP kit. Yeah, I'm trying to remember though because I'm wondering which like what storyline that's from. I'm not familiar with it, even though I read quite a bit of Deadpool. They do have there are Hydra versions of the Avengers, but I've never seen a Hydra Wolverine. So they also gave us Deadpool, and this is an uncommon from the main set. And notice he has an A, so this will be a, yep. the non-prime. There'll be a prime for this slot. Oh man, what if it's X Force? So he has a special little symbol on his dial, and it's a word bubble symbol. And first of all, he has tons of keywords: Agency oh X, Assassin, Deadpool Core, Heroes for Hire, Six Pack, T Bolts, Weapon X, X Force. I didn't. I wasn't expecting Agency X to get a keyword. That's kind of cool. He has. Uh, his little word bubble symbol says, Merc with a mouth. Give him a free action. Attach a word balloon to him, replacing any that are currently attached. So he can only have one on at a time. It's not like flocks of bats or toys. Deadpool can use the associated effects. And then he has a trait during your first turn. You can choose to have Deadpool lose all keywords. If you do, he may choose a copyable team ability an opposing character possesses and may use it this game. I've been kicked off better teams than this, but you seem to be recruiting. That's a pretty nice ability, actually. Yeah, it really is. Especially if you're not playing him on a theme team anyways, you don't give a crap. Other than that, he has no theme. Or has no uh, team ability. He's got great flavor text, though. It's a pretty solid dial overall. It's got a lot of running shot or uh, sidestep. There's a 135 or a 90 point option. Both, uh, it's worth the extra 45 Looks like, yeah. for the three clicks. He gets two of them are running shot, one of them sidestep, blade, super senses, like good that, damage values yeah. with four and three. Two perplexes. With yeah. perplex, so pretty solid. Nothing special on this dial overall, but, but pretty solid. Defense power. He gets, a, he gets the same ridiculous regeneration power that the old Deadpool had towards on his last three clicks, second to last. Was the clicks. old Deadpool ignorable, though? Uh, that I don't remember. Uh, we'll have to go back and look. Uh, it's ridiculous gener- regeneration. Whenever he would be dealt damage, roll a d6. On a one, he takes the damage plus one. On a two to three, he takes a normal. On four to five, he takes one, and on a six, he heals one. 
can't be countered or ignored. Well, let's look, because I honestly can't remember if the other one could be ignored or not. Which one do, was it? What was firing? The, yeah. other, the other fancy thing while you're looking this up is that this Deadpool can be attached to team bases. He can be attached to the Avengers or the X-Men team base. Yeah, that's... Oh, man. Web of Spider-Man 057. No, it could be countered or Yeah, ignored. it could. So this is a... Oh, uh, it's a trait, so it couldn't be countered, but it could be ignored. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So, it's kind of better to have it as a trait full dial. Yeah. But still, this is a pretty... Like we said, nothing special, but pretty solid for the points. Yeah, and then when he's attached to either team base... Uh, he does have phasing regen. On opposing it. characters can't use the Avengers or X-Men team abilities. Um, I really like his dial. Um, as I said, also, he's got really fun flavor text, too. It's an uncommon, and it's great. Also, we don't know what all word bubbles we're going to get. If there's a lot no of... one of them, though, Hunter. Right. But <laughs> if we get a lot of good ones, then he may be a lot better than what we're you know thinking he's going to be. Um, they did show one word bubble. It is a word balloon. Sorry. I never miss with the sheep gun. <laughs> Give this character a power action. And place a sheep token as described on the card, adjacent to an opposing character within range and line of fire. This token becomes a bystander on your force. Now the sheep doesn't do jack squat. It's five movement, one attack, eight defense. Literally, <laughs> he gave it one attack instead of zero. But what it basically is is a horde token, or sorry, it's a end cap basically. Like if if the character you're shooting this at doesn't have automatically break away then you're basically kind of getting the end cap that doesn't have to make an attack and hit and you know deal with super senses and attack values. You just pop a character all of a sudden next to them and they have to be tied up by the sheep. Which what I that's how I think of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's the only that's why it's I a, would use it. It's something fun though too, like because right. it is a free action to swap the word bubble. So I mean having that in your toolbox is a good thing. You put a hammer on this sheep, comes three attack. <laughs> it's pretty good these days. Oh man, his combat values are are modifiable. We gotta remember this. We can get that attack up to a four. Yeah, we can get that damage up to a three. Um, they WizKids announced that their OP kit plans are gonna change a little bit. Basically, instead of doing rotating OP kit series like No Man's Land, Infinity Gauntlet, etc. They're going to do one main storyline a, a year, like a six-month one or a four-month one. They haven't decided yet. And then weekly organized play. And now what that entails, we don't know. Um, maybe that just means they're going to put out more OP kits or bigger OP kits with the sets so that it lasts you all year. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know yet. They're just saying that they're going to switch things up. Zero, it's zero. And I'm kind of hoping what they end up doing is more, more types of figures and less of them. Kind of like how kits have now gone up to four figures. Um, I kind of hope, for example, like each month we might. Well, kits I mean, used that's wishful. To, kits kits used to be four figures. Wait, it was kind of after Batman that they started shrinking down. Yeah, uh, this is kind of off topic, but they're making another Constantine movie. No, it's a show. Oh, uh, th- what? Yeah, yeah. There's a Constantine show. You don't know about that? It's gonna fucking suck, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm sure it will. But but the other thing, uh, I kind of what guys. I'm kind of hoping is a. Uh, the OP kids end up doing a almost we see four figures a month, which would be really that's like wishful thinking, I'm sure. But it'd be really cool if every week we come into play, there's a new OP kit figure up for play. That would be a good idea. Now Ricky's Bane. So um, at a recent fair show, at a recent toy fair, um, Zirin had a Captain America painted Sentinel out with the Days of Future Past stuff. 
Um, there is a story behind this because Days of Future Past was was originally planned to come out about two or three years ago, and they were showing off some of the stuff at a toy fair. And apparently, Zirin had stated that this was originally going to be a retailer marquee like figure, where they'd get like one or two of them to like showcase the set. And apparently, it's from an alternate universe where Sentinels are like really advanced at hunting superheroes instead of mutants. And every time they kill a superhero, they paint it like the superhero they killed. So this is a Sentinel that has killed Captain America. Um, That's pretty sweet. So this is out. We don't know what it is. We don't know uh, how it's going to be distributed. Um, if it will be at all. Yeah, if it will be at all even, yeah. But it looks really cool. I'm hope I'm hoping we see it. Um, and then they also showed the teen box for Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Ooh. Which... Um, looks exactly confer- like the- it's like Trinity of Sin yeah. um, so it kind of confirms that it's separate it's not part of a set uh, Drewster oh, oh god. god why don't you talk about oh, Avalanche god. Avalanche okay. is boy from Days of Future Past he is a common so I love this piece and there's a multitude of reasons really he's 72 points he's um, okay so he's got this trait which is, you know, like, what could it be, Drew? 72 points. <laughs> he can use Quake. When he does, he targets all opposing characters within three squares and damage dealt to each hit character is instead reduced, is instead equal to five minus the number of squares that is from Avalanche. So adjacent characters will be four because they're technically yeah. one square away. And that means that farthest down it would deal two to characters that are five squares away. Or that are three squares away, sorry. That's ridiculous. And instead equal, no... Well, that's what... Four squares away, you can still hit for one. It only hits within three squares, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> three, okay, within three, so yeah. So, he does a four damage quake. They limited it from... That's just to adjacent characters. Yeah. And then for each one out from there, it goes down by one, up to or down to two. I mean, come on. Man. It's important to note that this would not work with the free action quake. If... Yeah, so don't, don't be dropping hammers to this guy expecting. Now, Drew... What else does he have on his dial that makes that Fucking even more precision strike? And it's an attack, which is not ten bad. Attack. I like this guy's. I mean, you're not going to play sealed a lot with CTD sets, but if you did, he'd be nice. This guy's awesome for sealed. You give this guy Angry's hammer. He gonna heal. He gonna heal. He gonna heal. He's gonna shit all over. This man will be healing more than Jesus. This is this is traded too. He doesn't lose this. Um. Other than that, he's got toughness CCE on the first couple clicks, perplex for a couple after that, and then nothing, just naked and bad values and toughness. His only downfall is his lack of move and attack, which that's easily rectified in the current meta, so I mean, the possibilities, Hunter. I don't think he's meta-worthy, but I think he's going to be really fun to play. He's 72 points. He's, he's not meta-worthy, he's going to be ridiculous. Um, we did, speaking of Winter Soldier earlier, we did get some information from HeroClix Online on the Winter Soldier uh, starter kit. Now, it should be noted that this information is not 100% accurate. Um, HeroClix Online figures tend to be simplified or have powers replaced that are complicated. Like, for example, uh, Solomon Grundy, the one that I played today, his HeroClix Online version just has regen instead. So these powers might not be entirely accurate. But there is there is um, there is a preview up on HC Realms under the upcoming stuff. We'll link it. I'll link it in the the podcast notes. Um, we've got a Batrock. Um, we've got Black Widow. We've got Winter Soldier. Um, a Shield Agent with multiple dials. Falcon Cap, of course. Um, and they all look like pretty cool dials. Um, they're not like amazing or anything. It's a typical starter kit. Um, there's nothing that's sticking out as like a Killian yet. But if some of these 
depending on what these powers end up being. Um, but there's some pretty cool stuff. Um, definitely go check it out. Um, we'll be seeing these spoilers very soon, actually. Um, it's a set that I'm actually really looking forward to. Yeah, I am too. I think I'm going to wait until well, the, um, what's the movie the last, set comes out. What's the last Winter Soldier figure we've gotten? Was there one in Cap? We um, haven't gotten any Winter Soldiers. Uh, there's never been a Winter Soldier? No, no. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant from the set. No, I mean like... No, yeah, there there is an actual Winter Soldier, and he's not a bad dial at all. Yeah, he's pretty good. In I fact, think... he was on one of the best build teams that was submitted to us this week, and I almost played it. I was going to say, like, there's no way there hasn't been a Winter Soldier. I've yeah. just never played against him. He's pretty solid. He's from the Avenger set, and even to oh, this yeah. day, oh, that's even to this day, he holds up. That's why I like the one that is spoiled here on what we were talking about, because he's a better updated version of the of this Avenger. He's Winter actually Soldier. pretty sick. Yeah, he is pretty good for his points. And then he gets he kind of gets a bonus uh, RCE there. Um, anyways, we had uh, let's move into what we played first, and we'll quickly go over Wednesday where we had six hundred point decap. And if nobody's played decapitation, it's a blast. If any of your figures roll a crit miss, they are instantly KO'd and removed from the board. It or yeah, instantly removed from the board, so they don't trigger any effects after that. You just they're gone. You can't prob out of it either. Once you crit hit or you crit miss, it's done. Nobody can prob. Nothing happens. They're dead. That includes attacks that don't deal damage. So mind control and end cap and everything. The only thing mind control makes your head explode. Does did support kill? No, he yes. ended up pulling. I thought he ended up pulling the support one. Yeah, I think he said support was the only thing that did. And then regen also triggered it. So a six regen was a full heal, and a one regen you died. Well, playing a colossal with a late dower regen would be pretty stupid. Surprised nobody did that. Um, I tr- I tried out this combo that I came up with back when uh, Invincible Iron Man came out, and I've been wanting to try it. But the problem is, the pieces to do the combo cost so much that I didn't have a good event to use it for. Yeah. And then when I saw this was 600 and didn't have a specific, you have to play this keyword or that, I was like, oh, this is a good time to try out my team. So the combo is Ironmonger 2.0 with Ultron from Chaos War, who creates Ultron drones. And that is flooding the field and making people take unavoidable damage. Meanwhile, I have Phantom X and Iron Pharaoh, who Iron Pharaoh wasn't originally in the team, but I added him since this was 600. Uh, Phantom X and Harvey Dent... Who, from Dark Knight Rises who has prop control and gives adjacent friendly characters willpower. Well, the only bad thing about Phantom X and Iron Pharaoh both is that they don't have willpower. You know what rectifies that? Mr. Dent. So Mr. Dent sits in the middle of them and Jinx, who also does not have willpower, sits in front of them and gets willpower from Harvey. And that way she can constantly keep a barrier around them. Yeah. They send their things out. They, they take shots while I'm flooding the board with free drones every turn. And um, I also threw um, three kind of crappy little um, eight-point horde tokens, but they had willpower, which lets them move up easier to make people take damage. Um, it was it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, although I will say that my second and third opponent never took a damage from my my robot bombs oh. because the with Ironmonger 2.0 you only take damage. If you kill somebody while you're adjacent to them. So what my second and third opponent did... Drew was my third opponent. What my second and third opponent would do was... 
I would run up, tie somebody up. They would take a different attacker, running shot around the outside, and then shoot people off of each other so that they never had to take damage. So my, my first opponent took it a few times. Second and third one were really smart about their positioning and everything and kind of picked my guys off and kept scoring a lot of points off of them. Um, I went 3-0, and although I should have lost to Drew because Drew had basically a similar strategy but better. And I'll let Drew talk about that later and talk about our game. But Drew um, was had a very good team, very well-designed team, actually the best team I think he's ever made, and I was pretty proud of him. And he had he when I saw the matchup, I laughed. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he basically did what I built, but better, like slightly more focused and better at what it does. He basically we do the same strategy, but mine's more defensive, his is more offensive. And I should have. Lo- I had a slight contingency plan if if things <laughs> kept going bad, but luckily I didn't have to. Yeah, you didn't. Didn't have to end up doing it. So I, uh, I went three and zero. I had a good time with the team. Turned out better than I thought. I'll probably never do it again, but that was cool. Just to think to think yeah. of an idea of like a little combo and then have it work that well as the Harvey Dent ball and the Ultron plus Armin 2.0, like that was a great team. I was really happy with it and uh, and had, had a lot of fun. So, Drew, what were you playing? Tell the nice people. Uh, my team... Tell the beautiful I, people. Hunter mentioned Telus last week, and my thought was I want to build a team around Telus. So I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Darkseid on this team. And I'm like thinking to myself, all right, what's Darkseid's one weakness? He, if you use his outwit, he can be outwitted. But other than that, he doesn't really, his one weakness is blocking terrain. And, um. Indoors blocking. Indoors. And, um. And elevated. Elevated. So it's like, if I can... If I can somehow win map roll against these guys and they're dumb, or if they're dumb enough to pick a map where there's no elevated, I can win. Uh, so my team was Darkseid, uh, Telus, Shadowlass, who's sick, who is insanely good. And if you don't know what Shadowlass does, she puts the, she has a traded smoke cloud. This is traded, and she can um, she can put down a smoke cloud where if that's the if the square only occupies if they only occupy smoke cloud they can't have lines of fire drawn to them and if opposing characters that only occupy squares with those markers they can't draw lines of fire at all the reason it says only occupy is so that you can't hide your colossal yeah. in one square of exactly of other than that it's the same as, as everything else but um basically uh i was like okay what's her weakness she doesn't have willpower so it's like all right there's a cheap piece that has willpower and support, and his name is Dr. Thomas Wayne, and he's from um, Streets he, of Gotham. He gives willpower. He gives willpower to Jason. He, he does what Harvey Dent does, except he heals, too. Yes. <laughs> Which, he doesn't have problems. He doesn't have problems. So those are the kind of trade-offs. Yeah. The, the two, we basically played the only two figures that are cheap and give willpower to other people. Yeah. <laughs> Which was what I was saying. You, We had very similar strategies, except yours is more offensive. Yeah. Thomas Wayne is a boss. So yeah, he he gets a fourteen defend. Which Whoa! Was, I never even noticed his trait. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's only forty three points. With dude, I'm gonna start playing the shit out of him. You never played him? You never played? No, I had no idea. Like I knew he had a really good defense support, but willpower too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, Iron Pharaoh and him. Um. And then you had one other person, didn't you? Tachyon. Yeah. Oh god, I hated playing Tachyon. <laughs> I knew he was gonna be fun. He was good. Tachyon's a dick. Um. 
So this team's strategy was, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to have Darkseid shoot through other team, other members of the team. With his already ridiculous range. So he basically almost had a 14 range at all times. So what you mean is your team strategy is to make your opponent kill And themselves. he could have an 18 range very easily. Yeah, he could, if I wanted in, to. In fact, he did at one point yeah, pretty he, much have an 18 range. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not just an 18 range. That's an 18 range through every terrain or character that you put in. So the Hunter's team was very focused on blocking terrain. Right. I had a barrier team, and Darkseid gives no shits about no <laughs> barrier. Unfortunately, I ended up crit missing <laughs> onto a fucking Navy Seaman. Yeah. So I'm sitting here next to this game that's going on, and I'm like, oh dear God, Drew might actually give Hunter a run for his money and destroy him this game. Like, this is beautiful. And then I see Drew, hands behind head, and his face is down on the table, looking like he's going to cry, and I knew what had happened. I was like, dear God. I was also like laughing and celebrating in Austin's laugh, too. It was pretty good. Oh, God, when those sixes came up, or those ones came up, my heart was just so happy, and then it was sad. I was like, oh, I don't want to win like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just so defeated, and I was like... My first game, I didn't even score any points. It went to a 0-0 tie because he didn't want to move. And I didn't want to move on him because, honestly, I would have lost, but... God. The look of defeat in Drew's eyes was like a compilation of every time he's ever had a look of defeat in his eyes. So I will say that Shadowlass is very good because what Drew could do is have Telus. He was TKing out Tachyon with Telus, having Tachyon run out, do his hypersonic pulse wave, come back, and even if he can't get back full, Shadowlass can throw out smoke cloud. Oh, and I keep had one. Him safe. I had one member of the team, the uh, GCPD motorcycle. Oh yeah, so that um, you can copy police for everybody. Yeah. Too. So, yeah. it was pretty nice. Pretty nice, well-designed team. Oh, um, speaking of well-designed teams, Austin, what did you play? Why, is, why are you picking on me for playing generics, buddy? I'm just saying how... So, it was uh, a cool team. I was like, you know, we're playing decap, so I'm going to run generics. I always run generics for decap because it helps leverage out the whole fact that you're losing a chunk of your team. Like, your main tentpole attacker if you roll a crit miss or get crit. So... I was like, you know, I'm going to run a bunch of generics. And I was like, what are some good generics in Slosh I want to try out? And, of course, my mind went to Science Police. And then I realized I'm not that much of a dickhole. So I was like, you know, I'm going to run with Daemonites. So I ran eight Daemonites and Hellspont, who I've been wanting to play anyway. Um, but I didn't think I'd get a good opportunity to play that many. So it was a good high-point game to play them. Ran Hellspawn at 200, ran eight Daemonites with him. And what I built was effectively what I call the Daemonite Blender. Um... In my starting area, I'd have all eight of them surrounding Hellspawn. I'd move Hellspawn a few times, or I'd pick Realm of Death, because I always want map roll the plus nine. I mean, come on. Um, I'd pick Realm of Death. I would surround all eight Demonites around Hellspawn, and I'd keep moving Hellspawn and back, and then I'd ignore his willpower so he could take the push. And then once he pushes on that second click, he can double power action to trade. My opponents are pretty much not up on me at that point. It took them forever, or if they are, they're really spread out. And even if they do, you can just go time up with Demonites. Well, yeah, no, that was the thing. So what I did was I double power action, I trade, and since they're really spread out, it actually makes his teleport better. Because I didn't want to swap with them in their starting area, because then Hellspawn's now in a kill box. So what I would do is I'd take their biggest point figure that was 200 or less, because Hellspawn could swap with them, I'd put them in the middle of eight Demonites, and I would swing for the hills with blades. And it worked so beautifully. I don't care if they had Imperv, if they had Super Senses, if they had Shape Change. These little bastards just turn after turn just shredding into stuff. 
Uh, my opponent first round, I, he was playing Hammer Industries. I murdered Ironmonger and took my damage. I didn't even care. Um, it was pretty fun. Um, Hellspot, Hellspot, I will note this. Pretty much every game, Hellspot got wrecked. Um, after he swaps, his lack of movement attack makes it easy for opponents to maneuver around him, kind of. Um, he's still really hard to kill, especially with that shape change that heals. Well, either way, he can get away, though. Yeah, he can if get away. double power action showing, or the if problem, it's not, he always has phasing. The problem wasn't getting away, it was getting to where he could shoot somebody. Um, he himself, though, was really good. Like, he has a lot of good traits, a lot of good abilities, um... But the Demonites really shined. Um, they all have shape change, all four clicks. Um, they have a region on their last click that's free action for minus three, and then they can use it normally if they really wanted to. Um, and their charge blades, toughness for most of their dial, um, phasing towards them, which is actually really helpful, because then you could tie people up like seven squares through blocking or whatever. Just phase over there and be like, oh, I see that ranged piece you're annoying the crap out of me with here on Realm of Death. Let me go ahead and move through five different walls and lock, tie you up. Um, first game went really well. Um, second game, second game was disappointing. My opponent played Silver Centurion and a really good Avengers support team. Donald Blake and all that jazz. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want to deal with this team. I ended up on Realm of Death so I could slow the hell out of his torpedo at least. Um, and my goal was to put Silver Centurion in the kill box. And oh god, did I put Silver Centurion in the kill box. Um, I swapped with Hellspot. I had Five swings with my Demonites left. Um, swung on Silver Centurion, put him on like his last like two clicks somewhere. Um, his torpedo triggered with five tokens on Hellspawn. Hellspawn hit shape change, so token gone. Hellspawn healed one. Um, Silver Centurion's crying himself to sleep with no stats. And then my next turn, uh, he perished. There was nothing like that. Silver Centurion got destroyed by that. However, someone who couldn't even hurt. Freaking Silver Centurion decided to pop him. Uh, no, I'm sorry. She would have hit him for one. Not Silver Centurion. Hellspawn. Scarlet Witch was going to hit him for one because I went at her pin side. He went and took the shot. Rolled a crit hit. Killed Hellspawn. My heart and soul sank. I thought, maybe I still got this with eight Demonites. But he had a Doctor Strange with an 18 defend and a prob, and it was just way too hard for them to get in and hit. And he slowly killed off all the Demonites. Um... Last game was against a Validus. Um, actually, it was kind of funny because Validus has such a high movement that by the time I did hit the ability to swap, and I had decided I was going to swap with that Validus regardless, I was like, I don't care if it's strategically terrible or not, it's going to be fun. And by the time I got to that, he actually got up on me with Validus. Um, it didn't really matter, though, because I outwitted his defense and the Daemonites just charged and tore him apart. Like, Validus's big downfall is that lack of... The fact he can be outwitted is really painful for him. Because his dial down dial isn't that great. Um, but he is for the traded pulse wave. That's what you use him for. But the fact he's a giant actually... He could have killed those Daemonites in two turns. Yeah. All of them. I know. I wasn't I was afraid of that. But... Like, literally. Yeah, what would you have done if your Daemonites missed? Yeah, if all of them missed and then pulse wave... And then... Then they'd be on their shittier clicks, and then Pulse Wave next turn, they're dead. Yeah. They um, I theme team probed him out of one of the Pulse Waves, though. Uh, oh, the the initial roll yeah. to get it, yeah. Um, he was... It was... Uh, the rest of his team I just cleaned up after that, because it was a pretty supporty team. Yeah, man, if you could... 
But I, I would have wanted him to kill all your de- demonites. Demonites are really fun, though, and Hellspawn with them is a blast, because as I said, you build that demonite blender, and it's so much fun to just flip with somebody, especially people who don't know what's coming. Like, you're just like, my neighbor's like, why are you waiting back there? Let me see your cards, and they still don't really get it for some reason. Yeah, it was definitely fun drawing 14 squares of range and having people being like... You could hit me? Yeah, I can hit you. When Austin told me what he was playing, I was like, shit. This is the opposite of what my team wants to face because by the time the Eva and the Eagle get flying, Hellspot will switch and totally fuck up my... I would have been like, I'm going to switch with Iron Pharaoh, then make a shot at the freaking Phantom X. Yeah. Alright, swap with Phantom X, shoot at Iron Pharaoh. Because Phantom X has super senses, which is sucked. easier to get through with the Demonites. But anyways. I didn't get to go up against you, sadly. Oh... Uh, so that was it for Wednesday, and then today we played our St. Patrick's Day event, since next week we are having no clicks, because up here it is Indie Comic Con, it's the first Comic Con we're having, so we're so all excited to go to that. If any of you nerds are going to be there, Dial yeah. H Crew will be wandering around, just look for a sexy bastard with a ponytail, and two other guys that are mediocre with him. I don't know, Drew gets a lot of tail, as I often refer to. Um, we This was also best build. Uh, event uh, best build day so we played the teams for let's pull our, our finalists up here Austin played Rod two one one twos team I literally just picked I saw that team and I was like I'm not going to play these two on their own I don't think much except maybe Bizarro it's like I'm going to pick this team because this looks like a powerhouse he played Rod two one one twos team from HG Realms which is Bizarro from main set Bizarro with 8 tokens at 200 points and main set Solomon Grundy also at 200. Drew played the animal theme team from underneath, who also uh, submits to our dial design contest. And it is Craven, uh, Alyosha Craven, Capwolf, Lizard, Beast Boy, starting out with the Pterodactyl, which is a, the best one to start Dude, out for God, this. And Animal Man from DC 75th, who's also a blast to play at. I really want... If nobody picked this team, I always let the boys go first. If, if they didn't pick this team, I was going to pick a team. This I was love, my second pick, actually. I love my animal teams. And then I went... Uh, my dude was from Gmail. Um, from La French Tickler, which is actually a funny name. That is a great name. Pretty good name. Uh, his team was the Jean Grey that I... Act, that, well, I guess everybody plays because she's Jean so Grey good. The Jean Grey that you freaking... 31-point old Jean Grey who has TK, um, Split Lip, and Thule Society Priest. And that is so that you have Null's Hammer. Uh, Null's Hammer has a better chance of being picked up by either Cerise or Polar Boy. They pinch Thule Priest. So I have Cerise and Polar Boy as my two secondary attackers. Uh, Polar Boy is kind of also like a support, and I'll get into that later. And then you have a 175-point Bizarro, so seven tokens. And that was my theme. Um, the build was, at any at any time, at the, or at the beginning of your turn, if any of your opponent's figures aren't showing a light green or dark green power, you can pinch them by dealing them two unavoidable damage on the spot. Um... The only figure on my team that net, that had clicks that didn't have green on them was the Thule Priest, who has three clicks. But the thing is, he's only there for the relic roll. Bounce. For the relic roll. So as as long I get my first try at getting it, and then after that, he gets pinched to death. I will note 
I played Drew first round. He he. It took him a couple turns to notice that no green was on there. We had talked about it before. Yeah. And I was like, yes. I played Austin second round. He already knew about it. It's so, like guaranteed points, son. So he pinched him <laughs> twice and he died. And then my third opponent never realized it the whole game, but uh, killed him anyways with an attack. Uh, Jean does have her last her last non KO click doesn't have green, but she always got one shotted right past yeah, it. See, my team was green on every single. Click. Yeah, other than that, my guys were all green, and I think Drews were too. So um, it was pretty fun. I, I liked the whole pinch thing, although I should have paid more attention to my opponent's pieces. That, I should have too, because yeah. I don't know if I ever had a first chance. round. I had an opportunity to pinch a bullseye to death and passed it. So it was pretty fun. Um, I'll let you guys talk about. Your teams, although I will say that we have the matches record, not all of them, but mo- at least each team played once. Yeah. And actually, this was probably the best best build as far as videos go because there were two times that we played each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which doesn't usually happen. Not to mention it was just a good, there were two good videos. Yeah. Like my last match and that match were So if good. you guys don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, which you should anyways, but subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dial It Your Hero Clicks. Don't do it or we're going to pinch you. Because because when we get these best build matches up, the match between me and Austin is classic. Like was that is one of the best hero clicks matches of all time. And I commentated for the good portion of it when Hunter's thinking and zoned out. <laughs> and it is very it's very it's a good match honestly overall. It's a good like the teams are pretty even. And there was honestly there was some good play both from both of us. Like I, I noticed you were doing some stuff and I came up with some stuff that back and forth really was and then at the end we have well I, well, I don't want to spoil it. Don't spoil it. Just go watch it. When it is there. a must watch. Make sure you watch it all the way to the end because the ending is like a celebration of just the joy of here. I think we have a different term for things. <laughs> so make sure you check it out. Um, um, last match was me and Philbo too, and that was a good match. Yeah, that was on camera. And first one was first Drew. one was me and Drew on camera. So that's what I'm saying. We got two separate matches that had all you know us playing each yeah, other. Yeah, definitely go watch them. They're fun, and if not just for the commentary and at the where we play it, like people yell stuff in the background all the time. So you're gonna catch parts of conversations that sound horribly out of context, and it's beautiful. I'll try to have those up by Monday afternoon. Hopefully, um, after work, I'll get those up. Uh, uh, Drew, how'd your matches go, and how was the team overall? It's pretty good. Did you start it off on a strong leg, would you say? No, I lost. <laughs> um, first round, I went up against Hunter. He beat me again, the bastard. Um, it was a pretty even match, actually. Um, and he got map with, with the animal theme and got Realm of Death, which was bad for my team. Totally thought you said he got mad, and I was like, Drew, don't get mad, he gets sad. I got a little mad. Um... I didn't hit a lot of rolls. It felt like Hunter was hitting every single roll, and I was I wasn't getting any breaks. God, I would have loved to hit some rolls. One notable was thing like was even with the plus two to the yeah. relic roll, I still missed oh, my first three attempts at picking up the hammer the first game, and then second and third game I got it on Cerise each time. But on Drew's game, it actually went on Bizarro. Yeah. So neither Cerise nor Polar Boy had willpower. Yeah. So that was that was a factor a little bit. I did push more than usual. Um, yeah, I mean, the next two games were kind of stomps. Um, second game I went up against uh, the same person Austin went up against first round, and uh, yeah, I kind of, kind of, I don't know. So the, the I, I love this team because it's so great because with that pterodactyl, you can carry, move out Yosha up again, carry again. 
Yeah, you can get the entire team, or you can get four characters across the map for two action Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that Pterodactyl and Alyosha was the combo that we played at Origins last year. That's what George almost won Origins with a freaking animal theme (laughs) Against Heroes for Hire, wasn't it? Yeah, this is back pre-watch list before things And then first round, I noticed when I switched uh, Beast Boy over with Pterodactyl, after I'm done carrying, I can switch him into the... uh, Anniversary Beast Boy. Anniversary Beast Boy, who has Outsiders. And a 17 plus reflexes and shape change. With I love three it. damage. That's my favorite Ten figure. attack, three damage on his top click. Favorite figure ever. He's I, amazing. I didn't bring you the T-Rex, Bear, Cheetah, Tiger, Why? because I was looking at their dials. They don't have much green. Yeah. The, I brought him the three that have all green. Yeah. The, the Dolphin, the Pterodactyl, because that's the main one he needs. And then the anniversary, because that's what I... I was like, if this was me, I'd start Pterodactyl, yeah. switch into Beast Boy, and after second round, like, that's when you... That Outsiders is so good, because all my opponents had a bunch of, you know, combat reflexes. Mm-hmm. So what I do is... Oh, I, that explains why your second game went like that then. Yeah, because yeah. he had Bullseye. <laughs> His whole team was combat so, reflexes. So I'd switch over combat reflexes. This was a gambling man's team, because you had, like, I'd say four out of the five characters had Blades. Uh, it's just sick. My third game, oh my gosh, I felt so bad. Because he moved Spiral up and he didn't notice I had Tiger over there. So I moved the Tiger over and I moved it over, charged. And then I was like, alright, roll. He probed me. Hit it again. Uh, I blazed for six. <laughs> it nearly killed that Spiral. Honestly. And then he tried swinging on the Lion and then crit missed. <laughs> you know what I've started doing recently? Saving my probs from attacks for the blades roll. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like, if they have two damage or whatever, people are going to go for the blades no matter what. Um, if it's something that's going to hit, like, a five or a six, like, pretty commonly, I'll actually save it and then prob the blades instead. Because it really does suck to lose a high point character to, to a six on blades. Gulyadokin is a freaking beast. He does work for me every month when we do free. Yeah, I mean he's free. He, he's nine attack. He's, sure got his, he's not a donkey because he gets work done. One free action every turn. I know one free action every turn. Can blades both times in the turn? Like he's so good. He's so stupid. Um, my team, my team doesn't die. I just want to put that out there. Like, the games that I did have pretty much almost ran to time. I thought Austin's team was unbeatable, to be totally honest. I, when yeah, I saw I it, and if not for bad plays on my part, honestly, if I really knew what I was doing with this team, th- there's no way. Like, there were there were some good opportunities for me to just wreck. When I, that was the first best build submitted, and I was like, God dang it, nobody picked this team. <laughs> like, well, well then, I will never build this team. Hunter's like, guys, go, go pick your best builds. And I'm like, I'm playing this team. He's like, damn it. How'd <laughs> um, you do it? Grundy, Grundy's really good. Um, my problem with... Grundy gets to pick out way at the beginning of turn. Um, he gets tokens as he fights. Um, he starts with three, and after he dies, he goes to click nine, and then he heals one for each token, and you remove all the tokens. So as long as you're hitting for at least one damage, he's each time he resurrects, he's going to come back. So, um... Wait, it doesn't man. say once per game. I know. Let's pull him up. I, I saw a shriveled eyebrow. I always thought it was once per game too, but um, Austin came back twice on me, and I read it, and and he can do it. So it's just win. Actually, be... you don't have to deal damage; it's on hit. Yep, it's just hit. Um, so you don't even have to. If well, he's got fours and threes. I, mean, I know, but I'm just saying. If they hit imperv or whatever, you'd still get a token. Um, this guy would be so. He's sick. really good. Um, if he's standing and hindering or water, he heals one at the beginning. Oh, of the turn. mother love! You know what? Huh? I definitely had the most points then, anyways. 
I would have got 200. Wouldn't I get an extra 200 for killing Grundy? Or no, it would be KO. Yeah, it would be KO. Okay, never mind. You don't get extra points. Yeah, it says instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, Grundy's really good. He suffers from one problem that a lot of big beefers do, and that is outwit really tears him up. Um, And, of course, penetrating damage really tears into him. He does have three clicks of Invincible, which helps with the penetrating problem. And then, uh, but uh, my last game, for instance, uh, my opponent had a, a good exploit weakness character with super strength blasted him for six right out the gate and then picked up an object blasted him for four um and it threw him on his last click and he finished him off really easily um so i wasted all my res all my tokens for resing right there and then the next turn he just did the same thing again um but the grundy is really really good if you play him smart if you keep him in hindering as often as possible and kind of play him i want to say play him a little slow he's got a short charge range which does kind of hurt him um he has some spotted um sidestep in there but the one thing to remember is the beginning of turn, you can heal in one. You can sidestep before doing that. So what I did catch one opponent with was sidestepped and then healed and then did flurry. Because it sidesteps free action, of course. Mm-hmm. So I sidestepped him up onto flurry, smacked twice, got two tokens. Um, he's a really good piece. At 200, he's a little risky, I think. Like, I wouldn't revolve a whole team around Grundy. But he's a fun one for these big point games. I'm definitely looking forward to playing him again. Um, Bizarro, on the other hand, is retarded. That piece, I, I knew he was going to be bad. I really wasn't expecting it to be this bad. Um, really, the only thing I can think of that can keep him down well is Outwit. A lot of Outwit. Even he, then? Like, well, no, because he randomizes at the beginning of turn. Yeah. So unless he lands on the same thing. Mm-hmm. Gosh, dang. So, <clears throat> my team was very well balanced, very well constructed. Now, the person didn't give me any tips on what to do, so I had to figure it out for myself. But once I started playing around especially after the first game i fi- figured out so many tricks whether they were intended or not i figured out so many tricks with this team i do want to say we're not going to talk about our match we're going to make them go to youtube and watch it because it's just too good to spoil. i'm, not, I'm definitely not going to spoil it so polar boy was a figure i wanted to try this the main reason i picked this team was, Told you it was legit was yeah, the, i really wasn't expecting to be as good as he was well this team really got the best out of yeah it, it was polar boy and Bizarro and um, Cerise are three figures I've been wanting to play really bad, and they're all three solid. I really like Cerise. So I picked all three of them. Cerise is stupid, honestly. What I would do, which was really cool, I, I figured out even the first game against Drew, I would move Cerise up and carry this Thule Priest, sit on the hammer. I get the free action, try to pick it up because I have Split Lip on my team. Split Lip gives me plus one. The adjacent Priest gives me plus one. I roll. I rolled a one. So, I use Gene to TK Cerise off of the hammer square, move her over, Polar Boy flies over, sits on the hammer, okay, try to pick up, miss. Oh, Polar Boy has sidestep. I'll sidestep sidestep off of the hammer square, Bizarro will fly up and try to pick it up. So, on the first turn, I was set, I had figured out a way that everybody is going to get a chance to pick up the hammer before Thule Society gets pinched to death like Austin did. Pinch. So, um, first game, everybody failed it. Bizarro finally picked it up. Second <laughs> it was and, pretty funny. Second and third, Cerise got it first try. Um, 
and that made a huge difference. Oh yeah, Cerise is a much different monster with willpower. Although, I mean, Austin's turn, I told <laughs> game, I forgot it for at least half the game that she had. It's a beautiful moment in the video too, is the realization on your face when you realize you. Luckily, she has running shot already for the first two or three clicks, any two clicks, anyways. But uh, it did yeah. affect the last few turns. It, it affected me pushing. What I also realized is with the Asgardian ATA on um, split lip. The police team ability on Cerise and the Superman enemy team ability on Bizarro and Polar Boy having sidestep, I figured out so I took so much advantage of sidestep and wildcard abuse with this team. Because Polar Boy can copy as Guardian. When he when he goes to make an attack, he copies as Guardian so that he gets willpower on top click. Whenever he needs to provide uh, police for somebody he just copies that sidesteps over if he needs to be in a certain position or whatever police then and enhancement yeah it, he has pol- he has enhancement on top of that um cerise also has enhancement and um uh split lip has enhancement so i have three enhancements on my teams i have two cerise has penetrating but low damage output so with the two enhancements from Split lip and polar boy, she's buffing. And unlocked sidesteps easy for carrying with him. Yeah, and the two polices, by the way, uh, from or and the police from Polar Boy. And then I would copy Superman enemy with Bizarro and Polar Boy together and outwit. So it was just like I had so many options with this team. And then there was even a time on uh, me and Drew's game where I used his barrier instead of his amazing end cap, which against Austin's team, I was like, okay. I see what Austin's got. My best thing is to hit him with end cap with Polar Boy and to smoke uh, Grundy with Cerise and enhancements and police balls as much as I can for penetrating damage. Because I looked at Grundy's dial and I was like, if I hit him for four pin, he'll stay on impervious. Honestly, had you hit more of those end caps, it would have been game over for me. Yeah, I only hit it it once. Yeah, you only hit it once, but But, had you hit it some of the other times, it would have definitely been a game over. Um, Polar Boy is really good and really, really fun, and I was very happy with it. Could you have copied Asgardian? Yeah, Yeah, it's not uncopyable. I know. Well, I didn't know if it was uncopyable or if there was, like, wording out that prevented it from working on. Mm -mm. You copied Asgardian in our game, yeah? Yeah. I would use Asgardian when he went to make an attack, because when he makes an attack, he doesn't need Superman enemy or need police. Um... And Superman Enemy is a great one to use with wild cards, especially in this situation, because um, it only applies right when you make the outwit. And then after that, he can switch to police, and then somebody can take a shot on the outwitted person and get the police buff. Yeah, it's like when I ran Superman Enemy from the Nowhere Soldiers on that Nowhere team. Like Superman Enemy, I think, is one of the more underrated team abilities that people don't realize is as good as it is when you have it played. It's awesome. Uh, I went 3-0. and I had a good... good Time with this team, Bizarro is Bizarro is stupidly good. Bizarro is extreme. Now, granted, this wasn't like a hyper competitive where everybody's bringing the top of upper echelon pieces, but we'll talk about Bizarro in the main topic probably most likely. And no, we're talking about. There's no probably most likely. We are talking about that. He's really good. I played him, and we're talking about that asshole. So, congratulations to the French tech. Sorry, left French tickler. I'll be contacting you on Gmail and uh, seeing what kind of action chips you want. To those listeners who won our February, no, January, sorry, January dial design and um, best build contest, if you haven't received your tokens yet, 
Don't worry. They're, I'm literally making them this week. I know it's been a long time. But I like to do two months at a time because it saves me a lot of time because these take a long time to make. So what I was doing was waiting to see who won this and waiting to see who won Dial Design, which we will announce here in a few minutes. And then contact them and then make all of them at the same time. It Henry, saves me. Henry Ford invented the assembly line for a reason. Huh? It saves me a lot of time by doing I that. I ain't getting on that. It's, it's the same thing like with painting minis. Like it's just one of those things that. You like to do a bunch at a time. Yeah, if, you're gonna, if, if you you're do gonna a bunch at a time, it takes forever. Um, so that's it for what we play. Let's move to the main topic. So, like we said, we're going to talk about the state of the meta with the recent ROCs. Now, what we've seen and what's been awesome and really fun with these ROCs, first of all, the super qualifiers are getting more. Uh, frequent now. In March, there's literally at least one, if not two, every freaking weekend. Like, oh dear God. like big, big tournaments. We're becoming like, magic like, level. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting pretty popular, the ROC is. And what we've seen is an, a great, diverse meta. We've seen so many different teams in top 16s. Even crazy ones, like at the one in Canada, one of them was Ice Superman plus McCran Crystal plus Laura Lorvan. And it got what? like it got like top 16. I was gonna say, compare this to last year's meta around the same time it's we had Heroes so Friar and Yes. So watch list successful. I think we all know that by now. Um, we still have seen team bases do well. In fact, friend of the show and, and a friend uh, Edward Shelton um, got second. Let's just pitch the quarry. Got second with a Justice League team base. We've seen New Mutants do really well. We've seen. Um, I'm actually like I expected uh, Hellfire Club. Yeah, three you know. separate times we've seen Hellfire Club in the top three. So we know the team bases are still viable. But they're not dominating. But they're not dominating at all. Which is where they should be. <clears throat> and they're kind of hard to play and do really well with. Yeah, because the people who are winning with them are doing... They're literally using them like a Swiss army knife. Like These aren't people who are like, I'm going to cross the board, kill two people first turn. Yeah, this isn't your grandma's yeah, team base. This ain't <laughs> your Justice League vanilla here. Um, other than that, Ghost Rider has ice cream Ghost Rider and Here's for Hire is still viable because we've seen it in top 16s, we've seen it in top eights. In fact, the one last week we saw it in top eight, um, and the one the week before that we saw it in top eight. So while it's not dominating, he still is efficient and still a, a legitimate threat, which is what you. That's another that's what the watchlist should watch list success. It wasn't meant to crush figures. Correct. Um, we've even seen Iron Fist uh, teams that use white suit Iron Fist with the yeah! heroes, with the Heroes for Hire ATA helping him. You know him being the only Heroes for Hire is still good. Brother Voodoo is the only piece that's outright straight dominated. And coincidentally, he's the only one on the watch list who didn't get changed. If a if the event I've noticed if the event doesn't allow resources, it's Brother Voodoo on almost every team. Yeah. If it does, then it's kind of a mix because other pieces get much better with resources than he does but in a world with no resources brother voodoo is king so all you people who are like i wish they never had any resources would you rather live in a world run by brother voodoo <laughs> um shuma and mole man either with book of skulls or especially with power plant we've yeah. seen win two tournaments now and get top three and it's like a damn good team four it's silly. um high father's gonna change that though and we'll get into that in a little in a little bit will we um Iron Man, uh, 001 Iron Man, which is a piece we've talked about a lot, and Cyclops from the AVX have have, been seen have both made lots of good showings. In fact, Cyclops just won a tournament, the Canada tournament this weekend, which I think was the most competitive and the best one so far, the Canada one last this past week. I just want to say, once again, like well, I was going to say, like last year, I wouldn't have dreamed that that Iron Man would have made a meta team. 
Like, he's good, but he's, like, he's made he's good top-end figure. He's him, not, like... Him and Cyclops both have made several top-eight showings. Like, multiple top-eight yeah, They're nuts. They're both nuts. Um, mixes of Mystical... Mystical is still the best theme team. Yeah, it's gotta be. But there's a good variant on... First of all, you're almost always gonna have Brother Voodoo. Enchant... There's... Sometimes it's 50-point Switch. Sometimes it's Enchantress. 100-point Thor from the AVX starter even won a, a tournament, a no-tactics tournament. really? Yeah. Oh, no-tactics, okay. He's still good yeah. anyways. Um, it was two Enchantresses, 100-point Thor. Hey, I can't remember who the other 100-point was. Um, yeah, that got first about a month ago. And um, so other 30-point um, uh, Loki is doing is still he's on a no, lot of good teams. He's great. Um, Iron Pharaoh now is ba- Iron Pharaoh. When Phantom X first came out, I said Phantom X is he's not going to dominate, but you need to plan for him. And then a, about what a month and a half later, they made Iron Pharaoh, and now nobody gives a shit about Phantom X because Pharaoh is Phantom X but better and cheaper. Because That's another big part of it, his token and be cheaper killed. because his token can't be hit. His token sees through everything, yeah. which is Phantom X's one problem if you don't run night vision goggles on him. Which and, that's a pain in the ass to get enough night vision goggles for it. And his outwit comes from the Iron Pharaoh and not from Eva. Whereas Eva can be outwitted or killed to get rid of the outwit. Pharaoh's outwit comes from him himself, so you gotta get all the way to him. And he has good keywords. So that's the that's the reason that Pharaoh has been doing really well. He's another one while I wouldn't say dominating like I would say Brother Voodoo is dominating, I would say that he is... I'll at least say that he's showing up quite a bit. I've got two figures to ask about, actually. Have we been seeing any Ellie Absorbing Mans? Um, once or twice in Top 16s. Definitely not uh, uh, a recurrent. And um, then... Uh, sorry, one real quick thing. Another thing about Iron Pharaoh, mystical keyword. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Um, and the other figure yeah. I was going to ask about was uh, Iron Paladin. I think he was mostly being run as a counter to Absorbing Man, but... Yep, absolutely. If the, Absorbing Man's not making top 16, then Iron Paladin... Right. Well, Iron Paladin's not bad for his point. It's he's just not, that he was good because he was a Silver He's Bowl. not bad, but I don't think he's meta-worthy. Silver Centurion has, um, while he hasn't, I don't think, gotten first, he always seems to be hanging around. <laughs> he's that... There's always one in top 16. He's that douchebag that's just stalking you. He never dominates... Um, but he is always there's always at least one in he's, top he's six. That, he's always peeking in the windows. He's that friend you don't like having around, but he's there. One you know. person that we haven't seen. Why are you looking at me, Drew? <laughs> one person I haven't seen as much as I thought we would still be seeing is M10 Iron Man. Yeah. But I think what and, and I've talked with with this with the guys on the quarry about a lot lately is it seems like with every new thing that comes out, M10 Iron Man loses a little bit of stock. Yep. Number one was the power plant. And having so many outwits easily, readily available, and having end cap ring, and having other stuff that makes Iron Man easier to take down. Um, then you have all the more anti-resource and relic stuff that is already coming out. Especially this was even before Slosh. Now with Slosh coming out, Iron M10 Iron Man stock keeps getting lower and lower and lower. In Slosh, you have five different flavors of anti-resource stuff, um, whereas Iron Man is an expensive. I'll be at the best expensive way to counter it. And there is one thing I would like to point out about Slosh that is meta important that I think a lot of people don't realize. The whole damn set's wild cards. Which that also, it doesn't just increase the stock of Slosh. It affects the rest of your team because M10 Iron Man doesn't have a team ability to copy except Avengers and no one really wants that one. What you want are good, if your big piece is going to be taking up that much of your team, you want a good team ability on it to be grabbing. 
And when you're taking up 125 points of your 300-point team, you have to find something to fill in there to wildcard off of. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the big players. But like I said, it's been... If you think... I just listed at least a dozen. Well, how many ROCs have been different. slosh? None yet. This Looks one, like the one that Harry just played yeah, in Yeah, the one that Harry just played in in Kentucky is the first one. Um, Hi, Harry. And that's why we want to do this tonight and talk about... How we think slosh is going to affect things and make predictions. We're going to know tomorrow what it's going to be. Yeah, like. before we actually know. And again, we're not going to know just from one tournament. We'll know after a few months of people developing. It's going to warp for a few weeks. People yeah. have to develop this tech and and master it. So, what we're going to do is talk about slosh figures that we think will make a impact on the meta, and what impact will they make. Is this figure a... Oh, and also another thing. Split Lip in the book, of course, is still pretty viable. Yeah. Um, Craven and Lizard... Uh, Alyosha and Lizard with book, Jungle Book, as I call it, is still doing pretty solidly when it is that played. That's a great build name for that. That's what I saw. Jungle, Jungle Book, yeah. It's, it still does pretty well when it's played. <laughs> we totally need the magic scenes thing where they just start naming stuff crap like that. Because that's the only downfall is, like, these teams don't have nicknames, and that's part of the fun of it. So... I'll, we'll go one at a time, mention a piece that we think is going to affect the meta, and then why we think it's about why we think that we are justified in saying so, and then what other pieces that are already meta staples, kind of the ones we, that I just talked about, does it affect? You know, how does it affect it? Um, I'll start off with an easy one: science police. Science police. Punishes you for taking extra free actions. Well, right or now, or moving and attacking, right? Or moving and attacking. Right now, what are what's the name of the game? Free actions and moving attack and moving and attacking. Why? Book of the skulls. Um. Uh, Heroes for hire. Even though it's not as dominant as it was, it's still a staple. Team bases totally shits on team bases. What's up? Nothing. I just realized something. But keep going. Oh. <laughs> Um, t- team bases, um, and then like Austin said, move and attack. But it also shuts down perplex and outwit too, which is another thing. To an extent, if yeah. they're not, if they're careless about how they do it, yeah. And it, well, it also creates bad pacing situations for the opponent. They have to work around the science police. Yeah, they have and it's to, a forty-five point figure that does. Yeah, that, forty-five it? point figure with a good team ability that which, is giving once again, to as your we're talking team about. and a pretty solidish dial for its point value too. So that's a piece that I think it's not going to totally dominate. It's not going to be on everybody's team. But it's one you're going to see pop up on quite a few. Yeah, you will see it, and those are the things that it kind of hurts. It hurts hammer teams because what's a free action? Dropping and picking up the hammer. Um, if you're split lip, both of those you know, are free actions. Um Go to split lip real quick. What does the book provide? Action, I want to see. What does the book provide in general? Move and attack. What does science police hurt? Move and attack. So, I feel like science police especially hurts the book, and it also hurts other. Oh, the other big one, Shuma and Moleman. It hurts yeah. that too because Shuma does his thing, and then if you want to do Moleman on top of that, you're gonna take damage afterwards. I was double-checking because I didn't know if his free action was mandatory to replace the power action. Because it means you can power action to pick him up still. So if you wanted to get around it without taking the unavoidable, you could power action. But effectively, if you do that... You're slowing your game. Science Police just paid for his points, right? Oh, my gosh. So, Drew, you want to go next? Cheetah Prime. Really? 
Look her up. Why do you think she's going to affect the meta, though? I don't think she's going to affect the meta, but I just saw That's something. what the discussion is, though. I know, but... It's okay. Um, I think she might be... Look at her... Look at her movement ability. When she, she can use leap climb, when she resolves a move action, you may give her a close combat action as a free action. Who gives moves actions for free? Oh, yeah, sure. Craven. That's good. Craven. That is a good point, though. She yeah, that's a good little combo. Yeah, so that could be in addition to the jungle so, book team. And she, well, no, they're both primes. What does she ignore well, on movement? Everything, pretty much. Characters. And Characters. Characters. Can't play her and Craven. Now I'm sad. Because I was yeah. going to say, that is actually a really good combo. Yeah. Oh, it, Craven's a prime. You Shit. had a good idea. Damn going it, there. man. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you had a good idea going yeah, you had, yeah. Austin? Um, I think it's a pretty obvious one. White Queen. Yeah, and um, she is kind of the same vein of science police. She as far is as how a she's gonna affect. But the thing is, she affects something else too, for almost double the. Points. You mean White Witch or White Witch? Sorry, not White Queen. We just get out of Wolverine the X Men White Witch or White Queen and Black Queen, and now we get White Witch and Black. I'm Witch. not confused at all. I think. We're just... Okay, so White Witch on her own, if you take away most of her traits and everything, she's an okay 87 point piece. Like with just the wild card and the dial she has, she's a good support piece. Seven range in cap into precision strike, shape change into support, um, the and then you throw in her movement ability and her traits, and she becomes much more of a monster. Um, she's got the mystical keyword, which we just got done talking about, where that's one of the bigger ones people are running. Mm-hmm. She ignores the mystics team ability as a trait. Sorry, sorry. Um, ignores the mystics team ability as a trait, which is something you you see a lot of. It's a common wild card thing. Everyone's running it in some form. Um, she has a majorly viable promotion, which is very rare. Um, if she hits an opposing character that has mystical keyword, once again, common, or a resource, very common, she gets a token and then she rolls a d6. On a 7 or higher, plus 1 for each token, you can roll a black queen, which is much which more Which is expensive. almost a full 100 points more. Yeah. And promotes on the same number and has lots of damage dealing potential. And we were just talking about this earlier. Um, it's damages, so in cap, if they have two tokens, will trigger because it's a it damages them, mm-hmm. and she's the one dealing the damage. But why are gonna uh, why are people playing her, Austin? They're playing her for that movement ability, Drewster. Which this is not just a silver bullet to one thing that's defined the meta since the beginning. This is a silver bullet to two things that have defined the meta since the beginning. That is free actions and combat value modification. She is an Outsiders that affects the entire opposing team for a power action with no restrictions. Or what else can you do? Or, as a free action, your opponents can't be given more than one free action a turn. So while not as potent as Science Police, which shuts down... Which uh, gives damage. Which gives damage, but also includes the first free action they take after a power action. She completely... She shuts down extra free action. She completely shits on animal teams. She... So you want to perplex your move on uh, attack up and then charge in? No, nah, nah, it won't happen. Nah. You want to um, drop that free quake and then free action pick up and dispel nah, it? Nah, nah. not going to happen. She, for 87 <laughs> points, for 87 points, she's a wild card on top of that, a medic. I mean, like, there's... I don't see how she won't. She's at a perfect point value to find her way into teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that, thir- that last 13 honors... I don't want to say super fillable, but I mean, like, if you could run her in a 13-point belt, and then you'd have 200 points left for whatever the hell you wanted, and put the belt on whatever else you want. Um, she's an awesome piece. I think she is literally, like, in Magic, like, they say things are built for meta. She is built for meta. Like, that yeah, is what she was designed for. Yeah, it's clear she uh, was... Quite a bit of this set is built for meta. I won't get into that. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, like, I just don't... I don't see any capability that she's not going to end up on a lot of teams. I'll say that this piece I do expect to see more play than the other ones that we're talking about. I feel like this piece... I feel like Science Police will have its day for a little while. And Bizarro will have his day for a little while. Why would you spoil him? I feel like... Well, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I feel like White Witch is going to be here for the long haul. Yeah. And it's because of the movement ability, and it's because of that mystical keyword. She reigns in the future, effectively, which is nice. But the other thing is, um, when we're talking about... Man, I lost my train of thought now. She... No, never mind, just continue. I'll get back to it. I'm going to go with one you may not think I would mention, and it's TELUS. And I don't think TELUS is going to be a dominant piece, but I think he (laughs) has... Potential. He has megatons of potential. I think he will on some of these super qualifier RCs. You're going to see him in some super in some top 16 placings for sure. Is he going to win everyone? No. But is he going to be there? And is he something to toy around with when you're making your teams? Yes. He's what the Magic players call combo piece. Yeah. He himself is not what defines it. It's what he interacts. He's with. the linchpin that helps other pieces that we have in the game right now together to make stupid combos and once people figure out what the best ones for that is shit's gonna get real. i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> so uh, the, the thing about telus is not only does he give you the trait which is what basically that's the main that's the thing that's giving you the combos the all my friends within four squares of telus can draw a line of fire and count squares from each other it's, if they want to waste time on him, they're screwing themselves up. That's what he's for. Yeah, if you if they want to focus fire him, okay, they just wasted a whole lot of time going after him instead of the rest but of your team. Even if they focus fire him, I mean, look at his dial. You have to get through an energy shield, super sense toughness, and you're. I do not see him getting one shot, really. It's going to be pretty tough. And if you don't, and he if goes you do, he goes 18 defend, defend and still has the trait wall attack. And possibly with prob. But the other thing I really like about Telus is a couple things. Wild card, number one. And then number two is TK and prob control together. And that is like, not only did I come here to bring you this amazing power that has infinite possibilities. I give you... steps through the portal and glances to you and says... I'm going to give you two things that no team that you can design... Well, isn't better with yeah. like TK and Prob. Like, you when do you pay, not want TK? And you Prob? would pay forty points for TK. You'd pay forty points for Prob. You pay eighty, get both and all the extra crap. Yeah. Um, this man's value, right, Drewster? I love. Him. I love him quite. This a bit. is like robbing a freaking register at a. Okay, so. Drewster. Well, you want to just get the obvious out of the way. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Fucking Bizarro. Bizarro. Calm down. This guy. Man. You're the one who played him. I know. I did not expect him to be as. Yeah, what and I've told I've told Hunter that I didn't think Bizarro was going to be as. Good what did as you was. fucking expect? Okay. Hunter played him too. Don't just drill me with this. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, listen. When we talk about stupid, there, there's so much. He's shit. a horde token and a piece. Once in a while, there's a piece that comes along that I honestly think. What the fuck were they thinking? Like, Bizarro. You know, Web of Spider-Man, Nightcrawler, <laughs> fucking White Lantern, Flash, other shit. You know, what were they thinking? Bizarro, he's never terrible. He's yeah. never terrible. The the bad thing I always say about him is when you want a 
fo- when you build a meta level team, you want it to be focused. You want to know. You want to plan ahead. He doesn't really allow you to do that. But what he does allow you to do is annoy the shit out of your opponent for fifty points. First of all, you got the obvious. <laughs> I you have to hit me a bajillion yeah. times instead of hitting me once or twice. Meanwhile, I can come after you pretty easily. Yeah. With even on the click that he doesn't have hypersonic or charge, he at least has sidestep. Yeah. Another thing to note. You can sidestep before you roll his change into another clip. Which I took full advantage of tonight. So if you're on sidestep and it's beneficial to you at the moment, and he automatically breaks away from characters, and it's beneficial to you at the moment, go ahead and sidestep to where you want to go and then roll your dice. So consider sidestep a, I don't have move okay. attack this turn, but I get to move two extra squares on top so of So what we're going to do is we're going to list the things that makes Bizarro stupid. First of all, you can play him at an extremely flexible point value, 25, 50, 75, 100. And that really, for me, is that's the thing that makes him makes me know that he'll yeah. be played, is the ease of... He can fit on any team. Ima- imagine this. What you're not looking at is one figure here. You're literally looking at freaking 12 different figures at various point values. Yeah. And that's the thing. Any of those one point values could have made meta with the effects it has. There are times, but, yeah. But the option of any of them. Yeah. There are times that this Bizarro has super senses and shape change, which, by the way, <laughs> people play Gauntlet just for that, is super senses and shape change. There are points when he has impervious. There are points where he has an 8 attack, but there are points where he has a 12 attack. Not to mention the fact that if he's healed, you get more tokens. Two out of the three times he has exploit or ranged combat expert, which is good for getting through reducers. Or Invincible. RCE is a good way to get through Invincible to a point and get an extra damage out of that. A lot of people don't realize that the CC and RCE are actually yeah. good counters for that. Um, effectively, the way he's set up is that he has... One click is Hypersonic Super Strength, Super Senses Shape Change, which is a more defensive click, I, w- I think it's safe to say. Hypersonic allows you to go in, hit, get around a corner, and then if they do get up you, Shape Change, Super Senses. Which is dumb. He then has a... Charge, super strength, super senses exploit, which is a major offensive click. You pick up an object, all of a sudden he's swinging for three to five freaking... Or, hold on, he's three damage all the time. You're always swinging for five exploit with him if you have a heavy object. And then you have his sidestep, imperv, quake, range combat expert click, which is a ranged click, really. And remember, he breaks away for free. So yeah. you sidestep away, RCE, boom. Yeah. Put it on whatever you want to put it on. Um, and that's the thing is... While you don't have control over it, um, if you had, if you had control over it, this would literally be like the most broken piece ever. Um, but even though you don't have control over it, you can usually find a good use out of any of those clicks. Like if you're, oh sorry, if you if keep tapping the table, it, it's habit. Bag talk. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna have Drew just starts back tagging you every time. You please don't. <laughs> Not again. These guys um, do it. No matter what click you land on, if you're smart about it, and I think that's part of what made our game really good, is no matter what click you land on, you if you know what you're doing and you really can take advantage of the powers, you will find a way to make that damn click work. Yeah. And then once again, a good ATA to copy, or a good TA to copy for... So, to me, I think, what are the things in the current meta that we just discussed that he is good against, and what are some things that may hurt him a little bit? Um, I think the the main and only one that I can outright say hurts him is another piece from the set that we'll talk about in High Father. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't feel like he has too many natural predators. Swarm I, teams. I would say science police to a point, 
because it does slow him down and he's already a slow figure. Because his speed values do hurt. Yeah. But the inability to use um, charge hypersonic and then sometimes post sidestep does actually slow him down a bit. Um, and then I wouldn't say in the same thing with White Witch, though, because White Witch isn't really... Um, she affects extra free actions, which he right. never really gets. I will say, though, I don't mind the science police matchup with this guy because yeah. he's already really hard to damage. It'd be the same thing as facing a Mystics team to me. Like, yeah. I don't think... I wouldn't worry too much about... Science yeah, it's Police. not a focus. It's something that weakens him a little bit, though. Um, let's see. Other than that, I don't really think he has any what I would call natural predators. Uh, other than swarm teams with Book. But the thing is, with White Witch coming out, that's going to kind of scare some of them away. So it's like, you're, he's not going to have you know that's who, what You know who would beat the crap out of this guy? Old team basis. <laughs> Well, what I was going to like, say... beat the crap out of everything. That was the fucking... No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say with White Witch. The thing is, the meta does these ebbs and flows, where one strategy will become dominant, so people start running the counter. And this is like in any game. You look at Magic, you look at any competitive game like this, even fighting games. One strategy gets predominantly powerful, so the counters get predominantly powerful, so it kind of ebbs and people stop playing it. Well, then um, another strategy will pick up in the place like, oh... I'm trying to think of a good example here. Like, if White Witch starts getting played a bunch, people are going to stop playing free actions and combat values as much, mm-hmm. and they're going to go for more straightforward combat pieces. Well, then once people start playing straightforward combat pieces to counter that, stuff's going to come in that can take advantage of that. They'll build, like, Green Lantern cannons. Like, Green Lantern tanks will come back again. Yeah. Like, you'll have somebody who carries your whole swarm in, and then next turn, everybody blasts the fuck out of White yeah. Witch. Oh, now we can do whatever we yeah. want. Like... It'll be a never-ending cycle, which is what's and great. And that's, that's what I like about these weekly tournaments, though, is that or the almost weekly tournaments of the ROC, is that the metagame is ebbing and flowing a lot more often than it was with just Gen Con and Origins. Correct. And that's nice to see, actually, because it, it that's the symbol of a healthy competitive game, is when your game can shift constantly and doesn't lock into one strategy. One thing that I think, really, the Bizarro is going to affect is we've seen Shuma dominate when he's played, and I think he shits all over other one-man... He is the one-man army. He's, he is the superior one-man army. That's what I was going to say when I played him today. It's kind of funny because with him, I wanted to focus weaker figures first because they could get my tokens off easy, and so I wanted my opponent to have less chances to get my tokens away, which is kind of weird to be playing such a big, expensive figure and be focusing the little guys instead of the six damage exploiter or something like that. Because you don't care about <laughs> yeah. how hard you get hit. You care about multiple hits. And my last opponent kept spawning objects and smacking me. He's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this at this point. Um, I think I think that's the main thing that he affects with everything in the current meta game. I think it's Shuma. Yeah. I think it hurts Shuma quite we a bit. We were having a discussion earlier about this set and how it should... We were thinking... You said Edward thought it was going to come out earlier or something? Well, the thing is, and, and other people have said it yeah, too. Yeah, I've heard the rumor. Slosh was supposed to come out. It was The order was basically, yeah, I may be mixing it up a little bit, but it was supposed to be Teen Titans, Slosh, then Iron Man, and then Wolverine. Wolverine was supposed to be the later one, which kind of makes sense when well, you see how many problems they yeah. had when they released it early. But You know what this guy really craps on is Alpha Strike, and it was pretty Alpha Strike heavy a while ago. You know what makes... True. Uh, Very true. Yeah. What I was going to say is what makes uh, Wolverine seem to me like it should have come after Iron Man was Wolverine had a ton of penetrating damage, whereas Iron Man had a ton of reducers. 
And then you look at that pattern, you do kind of, when you organize the sets like that, you sense. see how the counters were supposed to line up. Yeah, but you, you come up and you make this big attack, and you're like, alright, I'm going to own this guy. One damage, there goes a token. <laughs> what he is, effectively, is a variable horde token. And that's yeah. literally, like, no, strip away everything else, that is what he is. You pay 25 points for each horde token on the stack, you don't have to worry about stacking and unstacking them. And they have an almost guaranteed awesome dial no matter what you really land on. The, I, the one thing I think in the meta that has an okay matchup with him, aside from Highfather, who yeah. just totally shuts him down if you play a woman army, is team bases. Because they have they also yeah. have ways of generating extra clicks by using solo adventure. Definitely. So they also can pop out more attackers. And then you have to worry about the base soaking up damage too. So while they have to hit Bizarro a lot uh, as well, of course, they also have ways of creating more problems for Bizarro and ways to kind of rush him down and, like you said, have multiple shots at taking him. And they can kind of pick what's best for him. Oh, shit, he has super senses and um, shape change. Let me pop off the Precision Strike Cyclops. Yeah, or I'll pop off... um, uh, sunspot and running shot pulse wave, you know, back here. Or what's or um, magma and poison him to death. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, I was gonna say poison is a good one. Or just whoever has the outwit, outwit impervious. Because with him, when he's on that impervious click, I think that's the best click to go after him. I, I think you either have psychic blast or exploit. You hit him hard, or if you have outwit, you outwit it and you go after him. Um, outwit is a big weakness of him. But and we don't see power cosmic as common. Like people run gauntlet. I don't know if we'll, well see gauntlets. A, it's about to die completely because it's not as good anymore. And B, it's going to rotate out, so we don't really have to worry about it. But I don't see even until then though. I don't think we'll see people running Bizarro at high points with gauntlet because yeah. that's way too much in one basket. And if it's him versus M10 Iron Man, that game will never end. Yeah, honestly, I think he's better with hammers too. So he yeah, needs the attack value. See, that's the thing about him. Give me a pin. That's the thing about him is that I feel like he shouldn't be allowed to heal. I feel like he's already yeah. really hard to take down as it is. If you give him steel energy from a source, especially from... Oh, I forgot about uh, steel energy on Gaul. Especially from Anger's Hammer, and then give him Split Lip and give him Quake Drops on top of that with his Sidestep Auto Breakaway, I feel like he will never die. How do you kill him? How, how do you kill him you without Highfather not letting him play? I just don't think you can. Um, I, I'm not again. I'm not saying he's going to dominate because I feel like they put the checks and balances in for him when they put in when they put in High Father. I feel like they put him in. So, yeah, yeah. Drew, who's your next one? Or that was yours, Austin? Yeah. Um, Lydia um, was she's. I I don't think we'll see a ton of her. I'm going to say that straight out. I do think we'll see. Um, she's kind of in the White Witch situation. She's in the same point range. She's a support piece. Um, to a point, but um, her capability and her anti-resourceness is really good against specific resources, like Gauntlet, for instance. Okay, your opponent's ru- your opponent is Bizarro Dumb and runs Bizarro and Infinity Gauntlet, right? At 250, or whatever. You run Lydia. You steal his soul gem. You just, and he loses power cosmic, so he got five gems now. You just gutted that strategy on that team. And I think that that's where she comes in, is she is a hard silver bullet, She's an expensive risk for your opponent's not running a good resource. Mm-hmm. But your ability to steal a cow from a utility belt 
Um, a soul gem from a gauntlet. Sure it is still. Well, no, you can just steal to keep them from having stealth. Oh, I see what you're um, Or night vision goggles or whatever from their... Whatever. Um, or hammer. Steal Anger's hammer. Anger's hammer's going to be a huge problem. Like, we already know how good the book is. I think when people more and more start realizing the stupid combos, Anger's hammer and Shuma is one of them that... I don't know if people are running at the moment, but... Well, the thing is, Power Plane's so much better with him because of his maximum range. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about and that. his options. Yeah. She's just... She's good for 79 points. Unlike White Witch to a point, I feel like her dial is a little more... A little less than what you get for White Witch for the points. And but, she's not a wild card. But when you put that relic auto-assign on top of it, she becomes yes. way more potential. She also has Indom. She has Stealth. Um, we talked about her a little bit when we did our um, yeah. our sealed. The thing I like about her is she at least provides smoke cloud and a taxi for your team. Yeah, and, and she then can she goes on to some uh, stealth and in um, cap for three clicks with pretty solid attack values and a stop click with a good region. Yeah, and stop click with region and phasing a free phasing and then region. I think she's good for her points already. And if you steal a relic or resource, it's extra gravy on the cake. I mean, she uh, as I said though, she's one of those pieces I really like. I think we're definitely going to see her. She is a risk piece though. I feel like because I don't know if like I don't know how often people are popping. If there are very many teams that don't run resources that make top in ROC, it just if they're allowed, everybody. Okay. Well, then, yeah, then we'll see her in those tournaments, definitely. Yeah. Now, that's what I'm saying. Now, though, now that Slosh is out with Lydia, with White Witch, with Phantom Girl, with other things that are anti, you know, resources, I don't know. Do we see it all the time now? I don't know that we do. Uh, I think we still see a, see resources a lot. That's true. This is going to be an ever flow maker. I this think. is really going to be very interesting. Is do we, well, Next time we do this podcast and we do an, a meta episode, are we still talking about teams, you know, if resources are allowed... Are we going to be talking run? about resources like they're a gamble to run? Or are we going to be talking about it like it's a 50-50, which I think we will. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I do like about her is with Power Plant, jacking, like, Blacklight Ring with her, substantially improves her. Oh, can't do it. Sure oh, she already cloud. has Smoke Cloud. Damn it. Um, okay, never mind. Disregard that. All right. I disregard everything you say anyway. That's so, all right. You know what I'm saying. I'll go ahead and talk about High Father since we already talked about him so much. We have to talk about him. The man's in a chair. That's all we got to talk about. Every figure ever put in a damn chair is retarded. Close. Yeah. Metron, Professor X. You can stop there. (laughs) Um, High Father is amazing. The thing is, things are going to get answered with his trait here in the next few weeks from WizKids as to intent, so some things may change. I, I do expect a player's guide update on him. But as of now, um, he's just... You play him for the Pact, of course. The the Pact is at the beginning of the game. You may, so you don't have to, but most of the time you're going to. You may announce the Pact. The highest point character on your force and the highest point character on your opponent's force, 300 points or less, cannot target opposing characters with an attack until one of them has taken damage from an attack or they are only or they are the only two characters on the map this can't be ignored. So what you typically want to do, I think, is have High Father be your highest point character. And he's not going to because if you look at his dial, his dial is all support at least for the yeah. first 3 clicks. It's 
I hey, I brought some TK with me. Oh, I brought leadership and prop too and support. And when I use support, I give you plus one dollar value. So hey, I don't need to TK you. We're already in position. Oh, let me just take power action and buff every value you have. And he can plus still one. support with that because the pack just stops him from damage or attacking opposing characters. Yeah, and then I'm gonna so I'm gonna buff your values up plus one and I'll still have prob on top of that, you know, in case you miss yeah. for some reason. Um I think that Against the, they had to put him in this set to keep Bizarro in check. It, or else this, people would be running two fifty Bizarros with Infinity All in. And... Yeah, this also hurts team bases. Although team bases can pop people off, um, you know, to keep that that the pack won't transfer down to the pack, pack stays on team base. But I still think what it really hurts again is Shuma. Shuma mm-hmm. takes a huge hit. Bizarro takes a huge hit, and this is the only thing gonna keep Bizarro from being heavy. I think we'll see Bizarro time to time, but I don't think he'll be as dominant as he would be if Highfather hadn't come out in the same set. We've named four figures that shut down Shuma. What do you think? You, I don't think we're going to see any, very many Shumas for much longer, honestly. I think between those four figures, especially with some of them being I, as cheap as they are. Yeah, I would think we see about two teams. Here's what's going to dominate. Well, we'll talk about it. Remind me at the end. Okay, that's All fine. Right. Uh, to kind of predict what we think we're going to see overall. Um, against team basis, he helps the situation. Against Shuma, he greatly helps. And against Bizarro, he greatly helps, depending on the point value. Um, I think what he mainly does, though, and this I'll get into in more detail at the end, is that he encourages balanced team construction. Yeah. On your side, because you want everybody less than him, and on the opponent's side. He kind of pushes you into the primary, secondary, sometimes tertiary, and then support. Mm-hmm. Because, especially when you build with him, once again, you want him to be the person in the pact. So you have 170 points left to divide among figures, and you want them all less than 130. So you're looking at your brother voodoos, you're looking at all that crap. The the bad matchups I think of for him, first of all, the, the number one, the first thing that I pop, because I was talking about Tossin about this, because I like High Father. I like his, I like that he exists. I like the way he plays. I think he's great for the he's meta game. And I pl- tried to. I was gonna. I was kind of thinking of some ways to play him here soon. And I was thinking to myself, what would I do if I was playing against me, the team that I just built? What would I do if I was facing High Father, Brother Voodoo? Brother Voodoo can my control any of. Okay, Brother Voodoo gets in a mate. We can all assume the best mind control in the game. Okay. All Brother Voodoo has to do is phase over, mind control one of High Father's other friendly guys, and then have them hit fi- High Father one time, and now boom, Pax dead. Pax, they took damage. Doesn't say it had to come That's from... if he was their hack, yeah. Right, which, yeah. if they're playing a good High Father team, he will be. Why would you spend 150 points on a character yeah. you're going to keep from attacking? That's true. So, all they got to do is hit High Father 17 toughness one time, and the pack is now busted. You're already running Brother Voodoo on your fucking team anyways. He's stupid. So, he already has a natural predator in Brother Voodoo. I think... Which, Brother Voodoo's already a high stock figure anyway. Yeah. I think Book also kind of... And this is good, that Book finally... We've been talking about how bad it's get, getting with all this other stuff. I think Book is actually good against High Father because you give the cheaper pieces that are allowed to attack They're better attack values. They can fight back better and have better chances of winning against the High Father Because, I mean, you give Scotty's hammer to basically any figure and it becomes a powerhouse. That plus two attack puts any figure at like an 11-3, 11-4, which an 11-3, 11-4 can defend itself against a 70-80 point figure, like guaranteed. Drew? We're running out of figures. Um, 
But I'll go ahead and throw one out. Riddler Prime. Um, he, he... Most of the figures on this list are on this list because they're ridiculous in some form or another. But I think Riddler's going to show up because he's extremely balanced. And once some of the bigger high-name support pieces roll out, we're going to be needing a lot more of what he does. Um, I <laughs> I like him for the shape change. Or the lack of shape change, but that's not down dial, sadly. Yeah. Or that is down dial, sadly. I think Riddler's okay with, um... One thing... Okay, if I had to predict, we're not going to see Riddler, except maybe once or twice on in some top 16 teams. Probably not winning. But I do think he has a lot of things going for him, you're right, in the sense of easy fitability. Yeah. With wild card, yeah, cheap count. point cost, yeah. barrier and prob... Which I completely forgot. He Actually, had six, for sixty nine points, I completely forgot he had six range. An indom barrier for sixty nine points is really good. Actually, when you look at like Jinx and stuff like that, and then the mind control. I think he's good on a book team with the running. Give him running shot with his special mind control, which is one of the best mind controls in the game. The only problem I see is that he fits the same role that Brother Voodoo does, as and they're both primes. Right, mm-hmm. and Brother Voodoo. Brother does Voodoo is better. that much better. Yeah. yeah. That's probably but I, I do love I do love Edward Nigma. I do think we might see one or two of them. The but. thing is, we don't know what the future is going to hold. So most of these pieces could end up being crap, or others could be great. I don't know. We are getting low on the list and having to pull from the bottom of the barrel. Austin, do you have any particular ones? If I had to pick one, Andrew will love me for this one. Polar boy. Um, having played against him tonight, I think he's got a lot of capabilities people haven't really noticed. I agree. Um, at Hunter played him tonight to good effect. You get good value for his points, and when you throw in the extra on his end cap, um, the trait that keeps people from being hit by energy explosion, and the wild card enhancement and everything, he helps a lot of stuff that... Well, for one, he locks down pieces. He's double bolt with that special end cap, which is amazing. That's why you play him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the enhancement, the All barrier... All of it's, the rest is icing on the cake. Yeah, the, the enhancement, the barrier, the wild card... Well, you do play him for the wild card, too. But the enhancement and barrier are nice, but you're playing him for that special end cap in the wild card. Or you throw this bastard Electro Blast to give him a seven-range triple bolt with that end cap, and you just shut down three-figure teams. You, if you shut down three figures with double tokens, mm-hmm. I mean, it really doesn't get much better than that. Andy's barrier... As you said, he drops leadership precision strikes kind of meh. But those first three clicks with sidestep and everything, um, the only problem I have with him really is that he's a flyer. If he wasn't a flyer, I'd prefer he be carryable because he's a sidestep character. I would rather have him where someone can carry him up so he can end cap. But I, I do like him. I think for 78 points, there's the potential that we'll see one or two of them. The, the only other one left in the set... I think has good potential is Phantom Girl. Uh, Phantom Girl, 72 points, and we talked about her last week a little bit. She has the phasing teleport with a 12 movement and passes through any squares occupied by characters holding an object. She may remove any of those objects from the game. We don't care too much about that, but we care about when she uses phasing teleport and passes through characters assigned relics or resources those characters can't use those relics or resources until your next turn. Now, the thing is, that doesn't require me to roll. That doesn't require you to miss super senses. Yep. That doesn't require um, any risk of a, a crit miss or taking misters or anything. All I can do is freaking move through you, which isn't hard with the 12 phasing. Yeah. And then on top of that, 
I get end cap for free against any person that I moved through. So she's the ultimate lockdown piece, and the thing I like about her too is a lot of lockdown pieces are focused on one particular character, locking down one particular character, whereas she can affect the whole entire damn team, opposing team. Yep. And then when she, you know, she'll phase over to a safe position, and like we said with Bizarro on his good clicks, if they come after her, she's got a shape change and a super senses to back her up and a wild card also to make her more easily playable. I think she has a lot of potential. I think she is Amethyst, but better because a lot of people on Realms are high on Amethyst right now. I don't like Amethyst. I, I think yeah. I think quick, after Amethyst gets some tries tonight, she's going to drop in value. I'll quickly go over Amethyst before you do Shadowlass. Cause well, I just want to look at Shadowlass because I can't remember her point. Shadowlass is... She's okay. She won't but... see a lot, but she's worth mentioning. Yeah. Amethyst, the, the problem with her, she has a better thing. Once per game, when she hits an opposing character, you can choose that neither one can make a ranged attack and that she and that character can only target each other with close combat attacks until one of them's KO'd. What's the problem with this dial? No starting move and attack. Yeah. Yeah. No range. The combo we're seeing people talk about is her and High Father and using her to lock up the extra person for a couple turns to blast him, which I, I'm not going to lie, that's a viable idea to me, um, especially since she has Invincible in her top two clicks. If you're going to do that, yeah. why not run Star Sapphire? Yeah, I, I, I agree. There's better choices. Wait, or Star why Sapphire. not, yeah, from uh, Anniversary. You or can't why... run it, it's modern. <laughs> anniversary? Oh, shit, it's not modern anymore. That's what I was about to say. Fuck. <laughs> I forgot it got set. Uh, yeah, I was like, hold on a second there, buddy. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't personally like. I like that combo. I think there's better options available though than that. I um, think Phantom Girl is fits the same bill, but better. I think it's. I, just easy. I would rather have a good. Give me the guaranteed effect and the and the chance at an end cap instead of the yeah. locking down. I would rather have a good secondary tertiary attacker than have Amethyst, I think, because Amethyst's damage output isn't good enough to make up for that. And if for some reason the combo fails, it crumples. Because then you have Amethyst and High Father not doing their job for their point value. Yeah. Um the other one you were going to talk about I is... wanted to, yeah, I wanted to take a look at because I know Drew played her and I have heard good things about her was Shadow Lass who is we are seeing a lot of figures in this 70-80 point gap. Like, honestly, all of them we've talked about pretty much. And I think that's that's another big thing to mention about the meta, is that a lot of figures do try to aim for that 70-80 point gap. That's some, that's the thing I'm going to get into at the end. Um, sadly, she's kind of lacking on keywords. Um, she's another. She's got end cap, 6 range, stealth. What you play her for, though, is her trait. She can use smoke cloud, and friendly characters that only occupy squares with these markers can't have lines of fire drawn to them. And opposing characters that only occupy squares of these markers can't draw lines of fire. Okay, wait. Are you talking about my yeah, picture yeah. of me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But what makes that so good is all this ignore hindering, all those night vision goggles, all that, have no effect on that. Um, people run barrier because it protects your team from being ranged attacked and close combat attacked. Yeah, but now Iron Man and Cyclops don't give a shit about yeah, that. This is effectively the same kind of cup of tea. It's a good counter to those specific figures and a lot of the figures that are good. Um, all of a sudden, their brother Voodoo has to literally get up on you to mind control you instead of shooting you from across the map. Yeah. And Andy's sitting in smoke cloud. Oh, wait. He has smoke cloud. Top click does But he can't smoke cloud over a smoke cloud, can he? No. no, I was going to say he'd take the minus, but if he can use smoke cloud himself, then he won't take the minus. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, uh, Yeah, he has it, so here, he won't take it. She's a really good piece, but I don't think she's going to be meta. Um, yeah. And I I'll can... tell you why. Um, she doesn't have willpower. And... 
That's true, but... She's legitimately... I, I think that if she did have willpower, she might be considered. But in terms... I really like her because she's a good secondary attacker. She's got a 10 attack and 3 damage and 17 energy shield. She's got survivability. She's got stealth. She's got wild card. I think she's a legitimately great piece, but I really don't think she's meta. I think the one thing that, to me, prevents her from being absolute meta, if... I, I don't know much about the character. If the char- if she had a good keyword set with her that would fit a lot of the figures, like Mystical or something like that, I think that would greatly increase her chances. But right now, I don't necessarily see her fitting on um, on a lot of teams. A lot of I don't know what's the ratio of like theme team to non theme team at the moment. About half and half. Okay. Um, I, I forgot to mention on Phantom Girl pros and cons, like what she's good at current meta. Obviously, book, but also re, uh, plant power plant, Phoenix Force. It doesn't re- any resource. The, the, that's the good thing about her is mm-hmm. that any resource that they run, she's going to be good against. Yeah. Um, I, I would I would say I think we might see a shadow less. I, I would put stock in her as being a potential piece, uh. especially if ranged pieces like if heavy range teams become the norm with power plants starting to dominate and stuff like that over it. I think we could see her. Oh, Dr. Thomas Wayne's coming to town. <laughs> God, I'm going to start running so him. I had no idea in, that good. In closing, what I think is that... The meta's healthy! Well, that's a given, but Do I... we give it a bill of health? I think that with High Father's inclusion and with Bizarro's inclusion, them being the two obvious, are going to, in some way or shape or form, affect the meta. And White Witch, to an extent. I think all three of them push me towards this thought is that we're going to see less and less and less teams of Team Base, Shuma, or maybe even Iron Pharaoh to an extent of a 130-point attacker and then support. Or is he 110? Yeah, I think all the chases are 110. And then I think we're going to see less of that and we're going to see more of the 80-point range. Yeah. We're going to see three 80-point pieces, and a, a, a 20, 30-point uh, piece, and something. something else. That was why I was so stoked about Prime Cheetah, damn it. <laughs> or we're going to see one 100-point attacker, couple 80, 90-point pieces, and then something else. I was else. like, you can play you can play Because five. that hurts High Father, because you have better options yeah. once your pact gets formed. It helps against Bizarre, because you have more people going after him that are capable of dealing him damage, whereas... If you run the Iron Man team that want the Cyclops team or the yeah the Iron Man team that did well, her stock's gone up to me. Wonder Girl. It, it yeah, but that's a different set. I know. No, I'm just saying we're talking about Slosh. Here, no, no, so. no. I'm saying because of the changes coming with Slosh, because oh. she's a really good cheap figure that attacks in that good point range. Yeah, I think. But I think we'll you, we will start to see more balanced teams. We'll see more four figure teams in the three hundred point. Around the eighty point mark, we'll see more Brother Voodoo, more Wonder Girl, more people like that. A, a lot of the people that we talked about today that are in that the White Witch, the Phantom Girl, the that that point range piece, Chase Lydia, Tellus. I was gonna say I can't all wait. Fit that. I can't wait to see what I do like about this meta more so than previous metas is that I feel like we're in a part we're in a an era of hero clicks with all this potential now that. As with magic, you have genres of team builds. You'll we'll now start seeing combo builds that take advantage of Telus and other pieces like that. 
We'll have general balanced combat builds that are just good all around. We might see some good support. I, I mean, like, we're seeing a phase out of the tentpole, I think, with Highfather and all that. And also, well, tentpoles have never been super strong, but we're seeing the even further crapping on tentpoles, and then we're seeing the um, slow the game down a little bit. Yeah. There's no alpha. You don't want an alpha strike, especially when you got Bizarro. Mm-hmm. Or, and you got Highfather, who doesn't let you fucking alpha strike in the first place. All you got White was... Witch, who, oh, I want to take two heroes for a higher token. And game will happen. Uh, I got two science police out. Yeah, well, you just killed your own figure by trying to kill my main guy, too. While I'm not normally big on hard silver bullets, we did get a lot of them in Slosh, but I think at the same time, Slosh opened up the potential of the metagame enough to make up for that. While it weakens and, and kind of kills some strategies, at the same time, the varied abilities and the choices of abilities that we have now means we're going to see a lot of fun stuff out of this meta, and I'm actually really excited to hear what the results out of this first ROC are. Let's move into community. Uh, question this week was, Are you? I, I wanted to gauge the interest on people's thoughts on the Yu-Gi-Oh set, um, and I just kind of asked, are you getting any, any Yu-Gi-Oh? If so, how much? I'd say... The little, I'd say about the majority said they're not getting any. Um, a couple people, in fact, one being uh, our friend Jake, two people said they had originally pre-ordered Yu-Gi-Oh! And then once it got delayed, what, two months now, they canceled it once it got delayed. Yeah. Because the thing was, you they had a good date when they originally yeah. set Yu-Gi-Oh! There up. There was an opening for There sets. was a big opening. It was going to be a good time. I think they should have released it at that time. Now that they've pushed it, they've pushed it right into Winter Soldier, Deadpool. Days of Future Past, right before Deadpool, and people don't want to spend money on a, a Yu-Gi-Oh Not set. to mention Yu-Gi-Oh was coming out at tax time, when everyone gets their tax checks. Yes. So everyone had extra money to throw, so of course they were looking at this tertiary set that was... So two people in just flat out said, hey, I canceled it once they delayed it. Yeah. Um, a lot of other people said, yeah, but only for specific ones that I want for either nostalgia factor or for playability. And that right there is my answer, too. It's, I don't plan on collecting the whole set, at least not right out of the gate, just because it'll be too expensive. This is a huge it's, fucking set. 55 it, figures in a crap. You know I, how expensive it's going to be to collect this I whole set? Predict, as much of a collector as I am? I, I don't know. I can predict this set. Like, it's going to be like Hammer Thor all over again. Not enough people are going to buy it, and I'm, all these pieces are going to be like... It, first of all, it's worse than Hammer of Thor because this is a CTD set and it's got fucking super rares in it. Yeah, and horrible. God, CTDs are horrible about rarity distribution. I think it'll be more akin to. Uh, what was the set that came out recently? Wow, I'm completely derping. Um, this guy, Drew. Mage Knight? Uh, any of the Lord of the Rings sets. I, I think, think it's more it's- akin to that. It's all. I don't want to say it's almost as big. It's a little bigger than they are. Um, no, it's bigger. What do Lord of the Rings sets usually end at? 40, 50? No, 30. Yeah, high 30s, 40. Yeah, okay. 35. I think it's more akin to the Lord of the Rings sets. The prices are going to be high on the figures individually because not many people are buying it compared to the normal click sets, I should say. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is popular, but compared to the There's normal Super Rares and Chases. Which Lord of the Rings started doing with the Fellowship set or whatever. Not Chases. Oh, no, they've done rares. Just oh, Rares and then Chase. True. Um, I think it's more comparable to that, and of course it's a very large set. Honestly, though, and I like large CTDs because I like having variants when I buy them. Like, that's the reason I don't really buy a lot of gravity feeds for main sets, 
because I don't like buying like six figures and getting dupes on two or three of them. Mm-hmm. I really like getting, I like opening a booster and really having no idea what the hell I'm going to get. And then depending on how the distribution is on SRs and chases, I think it's better as a buy randomly product than a buy by the brick. And I think that's what they were going for. <clears throat> Only a couple people said they planned on getting like a case or more or collecting the whole set. Uh, um, but I don't want to collect the whole set. I think I yeah, I think I want to get my favorite nostalgia pieces like Relinquist, uh, my favorite characters. I'll pick up and then pick up a couple that are just good pieces just for playability, like some of the good traps and spells. Um, the elf. Really, the, that's uh, that's the main reason I'm buying it. The healing. Um, the elf. The elf one, yeah. yeah. Mystical elf. That looks like good clicks. And See, stuff like that. I'm getting my brick because I want duplicates of some of the traps, which are typically towards the commons and commons. Um, I want duplicates of good traps, but I also want um, trade value, which I feel like this set's a good trade value set. Uh, moving on to dial design. <laughs> so we had our first ever tie in dial design history. Where with two powerhouses of with two too. guys who have won, have they both won multiple times? I think Batarang's won multiple times, but I don't think we are. I think right. Venom's won. I don't. I know. think Venom is the one who's won multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I thought Batarang hasn't. Okay, I don't know. You guys are winners. I know Swagnito won twice before because no. he won back to back. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, he paid it, us under the table. E- <laughs> <laughs> either way, either way, Venom and Battering have both won. No, you know what Battering did? I think didn't he win best build and yeah, yeah um, dial design one time. Anyways, two guys that have already won once before tied just a point ahead of Swagnito, actually I think, and then like a point ahead of somebody else. So it was really close. So what we decided to do was have a just a sudden death round where it's only these two guys. And they each make a dial for a... My assignment was, I'll give you the option of making either a Suicide Squad member or a Thunderbolts member. That way you got a DC and a Marvel option. And um, they both made really good dials. And we could not decide... <laughs> we couldn't decide like yeah. which one. It, they. I let the boys pick first. Of course they each picked one. I freaking still couldn't decide... And I kept mulling them over, mulling them over. I like them both. The good thing about We Are Venoms is uh, he did Amanda Waller. The wall. The pro. That's the wall. Likes to call her. The pros. There's so much flavor in this piece that he. I feel like he captures her Amanda Waller great, and he adds on extra mechanics that are very interesting and very good ideas. But the bad thing was. He overdid it on a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's a he, little bit complicated. There was way too much text. Um, there was way too much shit to read on each power and yeah. on the resource thing. But then I would read more about the resource thing and how it works, and oh, it only works with this, which is very comic accurate. It's like I could not decide. And then with Batarangs, he did the typical Batarang where it's not complicated. It's just the perfect amount of flavor to make them special with good names and powers and everything. But we discussed it as a group. It was extremely hard to decide. We ended up actually going with We Are Venom for the wall. So I'll contact you and see which one. Um, Speaking also of dial design, I will start a new thread for dial design for March, and we'll get started and kick things off. Now, the special... I said that we would have another special month. The special thing about March is that you guys are going to grade each other's dials this month. 
We are not going to do judge ratings. You so, can't bitch at us. So what is going to happen for this month only is if you submit a dial for that week, you also just signed yourself up to grade everyone else's dial. That submits that week. You now, do you don't have to do feedback. I, I don't want you to because you'll see how freaking long it takes to do that stuff and yeah. see how long. I spend almost the whole day doing dial. I can't do Sundays. it. Sorry, guys. So... You just have to give me a score, 1 to 10. I'll put more details about all this in the uh, actual thread. But, yeah, if you submit a dial for each week in March, each week that you submit one, you have to also grade uh, each other. You grade everyone's except for your own. And then I will. you'll send them to me. I'll get the average scores. I'll post the average score, and we'll go. It's a bit of a it. walk in the shoes of... Uh, so, like- check out. Go to HD Realms. Find the dial design thread and uh, find your first um, your first. Uh, Austin, what was your thoughts on project. all the things we just discussed? Something, something. I heard, it's not my fault, guys. Something, something. I had stuff I had to do. Dark side. Best build we already talked about. Uh, congratulations to the winner, the French Tickler. And uh, you built a very good team. Actually, there were several good teams. This is one of the better months of dial design, we, or uh, best build we've had, I thought. Like, there were, yeah. there were a lot of good teams. Um couple questions this week uh, before we wrap it, things up. One is from Cap Planetary. What is, in our opinion, of course, what's the most broken Heroclux figure ever made? Oh, why would you ask this? Uh, I already have mine, and I'm not going to say it till the end, because I, I want to see if you guys say it, but I, I really don't think you will. I think this is one that might surprise Honestly, if not for the fact he's getting changes, I'd say High Father, or that he'll get clarification. I'd say High Father due to the fact he promotes no. bad play. Um, we've t- there's a big debate on the forums about it right now where uh, the fact that you can pop a forty point figure and then just pass turn for forty minutes is it's not a healthy figure for that. Like right. that's my definition of broken. It's something like that that literally ruins the game. Yeah, um, I can't really. It's been a while since I've played against a figure, though, that's made me... Like, no figure I can say has made me and, feel and like I'll that. say this. Not broken currently. Broken at its time in the current game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when it came out, its dominance. If I had to pick one that I think in its time was broken, broken would be Nightcrawler. I knew he was going to fucking say one. Well, I've seen... I've, I've seen threads and stories on Nightcrawler, and like I've seen how bad he really warped the meta and the effects of it. And we they made a whole figure just to counter him effectively. Um, the, really, that's that's probably my choice. It sounds like that was Drew's also. Well, which is fine. No, it's not fine. No, the people want content. We'll give them content. We do. We give them Highfather and Nightcrawler. Hunter, go ahead and give yours. Arwen. Yeah. I think Arwen's... That's on the same boat, actually. Listen. I, I think Arwen's the most broken figure Listen, ever I, I totally agree with you, and I will tell you why. Gen Con 2013, <laughs> I walk in the fucking doors. You walk in the doors. Okay. You build this team for this thing, and some dick... Hey, I didn't do it. This some thing. dickhole decides to run two of them. The team that... I ran two of them, and I... 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 I, I what's it called? Uh, what's it called, damn it? Highlander? No, the... Loudwater? Loudwater. I loudwatered like three times the whole tournament, so don't yell at me. I'm not yelling at you. But you had the potential. I'm just saying. And I didn't do it. I'm just saying, the week before, we played an event where we played a thousand point Lord of the Rings. 
And I knew then I was not going to win this event or even place. I knew that I would be lucky to go one and two. Because everyone there was playing Arwen. <laughs> and everyone there was loud watering. When it comes to figures like that, yeah, I really think she breaks Lord of the Rings. If you play in a game that allows her to do her... She doesn't break Lord no, of the Rings. No, she breaks it. If she was allowed... If you played 400 Silver Age right now, if, if there's an ROC, 400 point Silver Age, she could, and somebody had the brains to play a Arwen or two Arwens for fuck's sake since she's not true. silvering they would win how yeah. do you stop that you don't you don't stop two Arwens That's taking true. turns loud water smoke, unless you just have a lucky team build that doesn't care about smoke cloud or unavoidable or you're playing damage. a team of silver age hulks that for, get better as they take damage for some reason <laughs> but I feel like with the rest of your team there's gotta be good combos that you can put on the rest of your team that Arwen like well it, because I think she's the most broken individual, individually the most broken figure ever made, just simply from that epic action. That's true. Due to the, I think definitely due to the fact that if there was four hundred point meta games like that, in which Silver may, which which we might, the see. meta game is moving up. It's not going to be three hundred yeah. only. Three. I I don't long. think they'll stay three hundred. We should, we should do this as a topic one of these days. Talk so about like, point costs. Broken, you know, like there should have been a lot of broken figures. Yeah. Our, I agree with Hunter's choice, though, majorly, because Arwen literally is... She completely ruins a format. Yeah, that's effectively the way I see it. Broken figures, to me, are those figures that, like, when they when they come up on the other side of the board, I want to forfeit. Like, it's not going to be a fun game to me. And she's definitely up there. Like, I don't want to play in Lord of the Rings tournaments at Gen Con this year because of King Arwen. I ran Sauron to counter her. To counter, yeah. Good, good attempt there, buddy. Um, some uh, a couple other emails. One from Tom. He also submitted a best built team, but he, he just at the beginning says uh, that he, he want to start with the quick. Thank you for the podcast. He says that he um, uh, where is it? Enjoys listening uh, a few weeks ago, we answered one of his questions about breakaway and asking for advice on pacing. He just said one. He just wanted to say thank you. Ever since then, and he's tried to kind of use that advice. He's gone six and one in that time, and he thinks that we provide good advice. So, thank you for the thank you, Tom, um, and and also for submitting to the best build contest. Yeah, that and to highlight that that was something that, as I said on that podcast, it's really changed how I've played the game to pace well and to take my time a little bit with actions and everything. It's completely changed, and you know, it's kind of funny now because you can kind of see worse players and know they're kind of worse players by how they respond in the first few turns. And then another question I had from Matt Miller, asking about TELUS. Okay. Um, He asks... (laughs) I gotta see this. He asks, does TELUS's power allow you to make close combat attacks... Through his effect on other no. people, the answer is no, and the reason is poison ivy set a precedent. Is that close combat attacks require you to be adjacent. you to be adjacent? They don't acquire line of fire. Yeah. In fact, if you if and you think or about counted it, squares, because if you counted squares, you could melee down terrain. Yeah. If you think about it, you can have um, four figures that are bunched up like a four square board, and one in one corner can attack the other one in the other corner, and technically they have no line of fire. They can't outwit because it checks adjacency. Yeah. It doesn't. Check. They can't outwit each other. They can't see each other, but they can punch and hit each other. So the thing is, Telus's power lets you draw lines of fire and count squares from those figures, but you're still not technically adjacent. So poison, you can't poison yeah. them through that. Close combat attacks you can't make because it requires adjacency. The only way 
to do that is if you have a power, like Austin said, like No Man's Land Poison Ivy, where it specifically states that you can determine adjacency through her yeah, plants. Yep. If it said that, then you could. Um, so, But it doesn't because so that tell would us, tell us completely. So Telus isn't standing there and a giant fist comes through his face and punches somebody. Although that would be really cool. I'm not going to lie, that would be awesome. Telus is already cool enough. The world would explode if they could. I agree. So we want to thank you guys. Oh, real quick, YouTube channel. Um, I put Go up, watch that match. Well, that, that too. I put up a Fast Forces review of Superman Legion of Superheroes. I've actually... This is the only video that we've had negative feedback on, and that's only because people think that I didn't sing the praises of the figures enough. But I still feel like if you watch the video, I give good reasons behind why... I didn't give any of them battering except Cheetah. I gave like a 2 out of 5, which really she deserved a 1 out of 5. But, Let me see this Cheetah. But anyways... Um, I gave them almost all mediocre reviews with the with the exception of Giganta, who I felt was pretty good. Having seen having played against these figures a couple times really? in the last Two? week. Just four fucking clicks long. <laughs> with no moving attack, and you hit her one time, she's dead. Yeah, you got a point. And um, she has what's that, a sixteen defense with no nothing on it? She's got super Having played against uh, quite a yeah, few she's of these figures. Cards. <laughs> having played played against quite a few of these figures now. While they're okay, I definitely don't think this is a Fast Forces on par with like Birds of Prey or some of those other ones that have really good pieces um, in there. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> Giganta, yeah, is here. but anyways, no, I, was, I think I think it's solid. Honestly, I I said it was I said it was mediocre. Like, I didn't say they were like gigantic. That gigantic's fucking. See, nuts. The, the thing is, people think that have you medi- seen the Gigantic? When I say yeah. mediocre, people think that uh, that that's bad. I'm just saying they are average for their point cost in the entirety of what we have in modern age. They're average. Giganta slightly above average. Cheetah slightly below average. She's way below. The mantle average. of these guys are going to end up in Drew's shop of value. No, none of them. Maybe Giganta. Giganta could. I Maybe mean. one of these days. But anyways, all I said was I gave good reasons. I don't like Lex. Why? He has mastermind and a special leadership. What does that require? Adjacency. What's the only attack power they give him with no moving attack? Pulse wave. Why the fuck do I want to pulse Why do you wave want a mastermind face wave? So that was my point, and I list that as my reason. Like, you know, this is why I don't listen, like him. He's poorly designed. Listen, this I got this for two bucks. And Justice League, two bucks. and Justice League team ability is on a lot of them. That's the worst team ability in every league, league game. I think the reason people were giving you negative feedback is because me and Drew weren't on there to sexy up the place. Well, you could have came over and we could have listen. Sexy party. I you like start inviting me. I like the Grundy. I like, but then I have to take you home afterwards. I like the Gigana. It's not my fault. The Lex Luthor sucks a bag of dicks. The Black Man is okay. I, and I said in the video, Grundy and Manta are solid. The Bizarro is a fun they're choice. G- they're pretty good for their points, but they're not exceptional. And I stand by that. Okay, let me put it this way. I anyways. wouldn't pay 20 bucks for that. Uh, it's 16 but yeah. So anyways, uh, it does have a cool map. But anyways, if you want a good look at the figures... And a breakdown of what their dials play like, and if I think they're good, Go and also a YouTube comments. Also a look <laughs> at these at the maps, which are pretty cool. And one of them is specifically really good for Grundy and Black Manta because it has a lot of hindering and water on it. Um, go check that out. Also, um, be sure to like Austin said, be sure to check it out this week. I'll try to have the best build matches up on Monday. They're always good. This week's was this exceptionally week was good, especially me and Austin's match. And I, I need to start, when we do these best builds, I'm going to try to pay more attention to where the camera is and try to get my matches set up over there. But, anyways, thanks for uh, tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. 
Uh, send any questions, comments, feedback at dialhforheroclicks at gmail.com. Also, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Sorry for no value corner this week. We'll be, Drew will be back with the value corner next I week. Got, I got we'll double value next And week. next week we'll also be back with comics discussion and talking about all new X Factor, which is a, a series that Drew's excited to, to check out. I gotta read it. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Later.